Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. And we're coming at you live on this Sunday. It's not a Sunday. When are people hearing this? Thursday night. There are Thursday night games, right? I learned that. College games, yes. And football games. And uh, NFL. NFL games, Occasionally. Yeah. They have one. One big one, usually. On Thursday. Excuse me. And this is your 2 by 2 retro <laughs> review for the month of September. The opening month of football. Essentially. As I've come yeah. to find out. Yeah. Uh, yes. What have you learned since playing fantasy, Noah? It's my first year playing fantasy. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why I signed up. What I've learned, yeah, um, putting little to no effort in, three weeks in, I'm undefeated, baby. Really? There's only one other player in the league that's that's three three and zero. Oh, Mister hmm. Eric Stakal, and we face off this week. Oh, okay. So somebody's gonna have four straight weeks of victories, and somebody's gonna cap out. Now, have you paid attention to your bye weeks for your players? Because that's what usually gets people, is they got their lineup set. They forget, oh, wait, this person isn't playing. They forget to sub somebody in. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. It, it, in the next couple of weeks, it should. Yeah. So. I've made some swaps um, like based who? on, I don't want to get into all this. Um, I don't want to give away my, like, my moves. I mean, you got a pretty least. sweet lineup from what I remember seeing. I do. So. I have Kyler Murray, who I think is still the number one oh, yeah. quarterback oh. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and he's basically been saving my ass pretty much every week, except for this past week where he just did okay. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been it's been going good. Hopefully, I win. It's a twelve man league, and so we'll you know we'll see what happens. Okay. I'll keep you posted. We'll check back in. But we're doing football movies. Yes. Uh, and. First off, thank you to anyone and everyone who voted on the Facebook page. I think we'll do that in the future next step. We got a decent response on there. Yeah. So I think we'll do that in the future whenever we want to crowdsource the uh, two-by-two to- choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, I, I did have to call an audible on one of them. Uh, Which one's that, Noah? <laughs> well, okay. So you you split it up as a vote on the best football movie of the 90s well maybe we check in with the poll because i want to see where everything topped out yeah yeah 90s and 2000s that's where that's how we were going to figure it out right um and so i threw in some nominations gavin had some nominations as well we tried to cover a decent spectrum if you will so i'm pulling up the poll right now this was on facebook uh gavin has tons of friends so we had a decent response. And for some reason, I couldn't make a poll as the Ark of E. I had to do it as myself. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Still not as easy an interface as Twitter, I will say. They have the they have it nailed when they come to doing a poll on and Twitter. I should also say, I think you did narrow this down I cut after the first round. So yeah. the, the final standing with what was left, tied at the bottom, three-way tie for last place, the program... Which I've never seen. That's a Jimmy Kahn movie? Yes. Who's and, on the field? Um, Who's like our, I can't remember. our big name as a player? Is it an actual athlete? I don't think so. I just wanted to watch Which because... Which one of, is Sinbad in? The program, if I'm not mistaken. Either that or Necessary Roughness. Necessary Roughness. I think it's Necessary Roughness. Which Matt said I couldn't... I thought I, Patrick said that. I both, that of them, both of them. Both of them were like... Both of them were like... Yeah. Okay. Because I told Matt, you can't have back-to-back Bacula. And he was like, he can be anywhere at any time quantum leap it doesn't matter i wanted the program because the program was shot at usc okay fun fact one of these movies has a shot yes one of them does from USC. Mm-hmm. we'll get to it okay 
uh, also tied there. Little Giants. Sorry. University of South Carolina. We keep saying USC. Yes, people who... as if people know what we're talking about. Right. We are, again, we're a Charleston podcast. We're a South Carolina-based podcast. Right. So our references are usually from an East Coast perspective. So USC over here means the University of South Carolina. Right. Gamecocks. Right. Who you might... The greater world, which, again, there's only like 50 people that listen to the show, but listeners outside of our friend group, um, you might know USC from a brief appearance in the film Borat. Yes. <laughs> the original, the first Borat. Yes. yes. The very first one. If that's your it's only coloring the of the university, yes. you're kind of spot on. <laughs> yeah. They kind of nailed it. Kind of, yeah. uh, anyways. Okay. So Little Giants, which I thought... I thought we'd get a lot of 90s kid ho- love. That's what I was hoping for. And it was going to come through. I love Little Giants, but sad to say didn't make it. And also tied here in last place, my pick instantly when we you said you wanted to do football movies. Yeah. Any given Sunday. Of course. Which I think is by far the best football film of the 90s without question. Uh, talked to Mr. Brendan Riley earlier today who did not vote in this poll. And he totally agrees with me. I just threw it at him blankly. I, said, I didn't even say what movies were involved. I right. just said, what's the best one of the 90s? And he said, well, I bet a lot of people, he said, I bet a lot of people would go Waterboy just because it's so quotable and funny and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But he said, but mine is, and I said, any given Sunday. And he said, absolutely, dude. Like I, I Maybe I got to watch it. You've never seen it? No. Incredible movie. Okay. Anyways. So that was the three-way tie. Little Giants, Any Given Sunday, and the program at the bottom. Rudy, which I mistakenly thought was a late 80s. It's 93. 93. It feels late 80s. Absolutely blew my mind. Uh, But yeah, and I I should also note my boss at work, Julie, I, I told her about the poll and she was like, oh, I'm sure it was Rudy. Because she's coming at it from an 80s perspective. She's a Sean Astin fan. She's like, of course everybody would pick Rudy. And I'm like, well, no, overwhelmingly, yes. overwhelmingly, uh, with well over 50% of the vote. I think that's how that breaks down. Yeah. Uh, the Water Boy came out on top in yeah. the 90s, which I was actually, I was pretty excited to see. I hadn't revisited it mm-hmm. during the Uncut Gems time. I did go back through a lot of them, Wedding Singer, Billy May. We'll get into yeah. all of Sandler as we talk about the movie, but um, I had not gone back to that one. Veronica hadn't ever seen it i don't think or maybe it had been a while but uh great rewatch we'll get into that and then uh then 2000s kind of tricky kind of tricky if i must say there's not that many like well what i see from what you narrowed down on here um we've only got three three movies Right, because the other ones that I put up there did not. I guess no, got no votes whatsoever, no. which I'm assuming were like Gridiron Gang. Yes. Um, what's the I, uh, We Are Marshall? Did you even put that one in contention? I don't think so. Did not worth putting in contention, but Invincible with Invincible with got no Mocky Mark. Yeah, no votes. Yeah, hate to see it. You know, whatever. Okay, uh, replacements at, at the bot the replacements, which I was really bummed to not yeah. see any kind of love for. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, fun movie, very fun movie. But considering the Water Boy won out, I can see how we don't need to. 
ostensibly football comedies. Right, yeah, I didn't want to do that. Replacements is, like, right on the verge of being, like, major league. And that's what I was saying. Like, I was wondering where my 90s... And maybe that's what Necessary Roughness is. I've never seen it. Neither. But, like, maybe that's it. Maybe Necessary Roughness is, like, the major league, but for football. You know? Maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe it's a gem. Maybe we go back later and do that and the program just as ones we've never seen. That Maybe could be we fun. Do it next year for two by two. Yeah, we Maybe could we do a football follow up. Yeah, that football follow up. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, the two by two football follow up. Excuse well, we me. Do okay, it, we do it in January the for the Super Bowl with a lone vote, the longest yard remake. Yes, with Adam Sandler. Now, if we ended up doing the two Adam Sandler mm-hmm. football movies, that would have been quite something. Yeah, uh, we I'm should have just gone back and done the entire Sandler filmography. Then, kind of indifferent towards the longest yard, to be quite honest. Coming in second place, Friday Night Lights. Right. Which is, to be clear, the movie we're talking about tonight. Right, we're going to talk Friday Night Lights. Because, again, I called an audible. Because the overwhelming favorite, which should come as no surprise to anyone, was Remember the Titans. Which, frankly, I've seen it a billion times. I just I didn't want to do it. Here's and, the thing. And when, excuse me, real quick. And when any given Sunday completely lost out, I was like, "This is you got it." If we're doing Waterboy, you gotta give me the, the other complete side. opposite end of the spectrum. You gotta give me gritty realism, and right. that's what and like any given Sunday is like heightened and over the top. But it's like it's oh god, it's so good, dude. It's it's an Oliver Stone football movie, right? So, so honestly, as much as this feels revolutionary in some ways, visually speaking, it owes a lot to the way Stone shot some of any given Sunday. Oh, I'm sure. So we'll get into that. But yeah, I I I, I pulled the, the CEO card and I said, I want to do Friday Night Lights, not Remember the Titans. And here's... Sorry to anybody who does not have Peacock or own this movie, because obviously Disney Plus, it would be way easier to watch Remember the Titans. Right. But it is what it is. Well, the thing... I was going to say, we can, I'll say it here so we don't have to, we can just jump right into them and get to Friday Night Lights without having to take a break. When you look at like both of them, Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans being a like docudrama or like a true, based on a true story. Yeah. Of the 13 wins that that high school team had, nine of them were complete blowouts. Okay. They make a big deal about the racism in the movie. They were the, one of the last schools to integrate. All the other schools in that conference had already integrated. So that's drummed up by Disney for effect. Right. And the car crash that Ryan Hurst gets into happened the day they were celebrating their win of the state championship because it was like a banquet. And he went out that night, lost control of the car, became paralyzed, becomes a para-athlete, you know, vocal for people who are with disabilities to compete in the Olympics, and then dies in the 80s in a car wreck. Crazy, right? And the other big omission is that Will Patton's character had four girls, not one little girl. And the one little girl that Hayden Panettiere plays. They couldn't find three other Hayden Panettiere. Here's the deal. The little girl that Hayden Panettiere is playing, she had already passed away in the early 90s from an unknown heart disease. So the rest of her sisters were like, we're okay with it just being our little sister getting to be immortalized on film because she was really close with our dad. It was good. So it was like a, we'll just roll with that thing. And so when you take away like some of the key factors of like what the movie hits on, like there was no speech at Gettysburg. They toured it, but like he didn't give them a speech there. He did famously, like he's told ESPN. Yeah. I switched them up. Like I made them integrate with each other. Like they had to get to know their, their 
you know, their counterpart on the defense and offense. So for all that it's like going and doing, when you kind of look into it and you're like, oh, okay, they did kind of Disney-fy this. They did amp some stuff up that necessarily wasn't a big deal. And they changed the entire dynamic of like, oh, my God, it's the last game and their captain on one side is in the hospital. No, that didn't happen. To me, it feels like that's the one I can leave out. Now, we can get into it when we talk about Friday Night Lights. There are some differences, some oh, liberties taken sure. from the from the book movie sure. and what actually happened. But they're it's not as egregious. Much, it's pretty much every sports dramatization right. ever. But it's not as egregious to me as the differences in Remember the Titans. So that's why I feel comfortable with you, you know, calling the mic. This has been we'll Gavin do. watched Remember the Titans and did a lot of research and didn't yeah. want it to go to waste. Right. Corner. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey, ever since Eyes Wide Shut, when you're like, I really like that. You did a lot of good work. I'm like, I got to do I got to I gotta be on my A game yeah. from now on. I got to have something to say. Like it, yeah. Like it a lot, a lot. Excuse me, wrong '90s throwback star. Um, okay, are you ready to talk, uh, Waterboy? Yeah. Are we gonna attempt to do Bobby Bobby Boucher's voice for the whole time? I can do the the one thing I can do really well comes at the very end of the movie, so I'll just do, wait and do it then. Oh, if you you, you save whatever, you, yeah. You, you, I'll save it whenever <laughs> when you're ready. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, excuse me. Okay, go ahead. All right, that's All right. enough of that. Uh, yeah, the Water Boy from 1998. Yes, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose maybe we should take a little listen to the trailer. He was one of a kind, the last of his breed, the world's finest Water Boy. Now that's what I call high-quality H2O. Bobby Boucher was a lonely boy. It's not like you could use a shower, Dickie. Everybody else got friends, Mama. I just want some, too. You don't have what they call the social skill. My name is Bobby Boucher. That's why you never have any friends, except for your mama. Constantly tormented by everyone. Until one day... Somebody hurt you, my boy. You gotta defend yourself here, Bobby. Or they're gonna ride you for the whole season. They pushed him too far. Stop making fun of me. Dang, he's killed, though. Mel... Play football for this team. My mama ain't gonna let me play no football. They're going to train him. Is there any sport that you do watch? Wrestling. I want you to do to Casey what Captain Insano does to the bad guy. And turn him loose. <laughs> Visualize all those people that have been mean to you, and then I want you to attack. What am I with you, boy? You too stu- stupid? No. No what? <laughs> now everyone will feel his pain. The amazing 31-year-old captain set a new NCAA record. Sacking the quarterback 16 times. And you are so sexy. The Waterboy's influence now reaches far beyond college football. From Touchstone Pictures and the director of The Wedding Singer. All right. Waterboy. The Waterboy. The Waterboy, yeah. Directed by Mr. Frank Karachi. Yes. Um very football-centric name. This is... 
Was this? I mean, were you gunning for this one? Was this? Not, were you happy with how this turned out? I'm good. I'm good with it because it's like I remember watching this in the theater at Tinseltown. Yeah, and in like it is. It's weird because it's not. Obviously, there are better football, football, football movies. Obviously, with what you're telling right. me about any given Sunday and the like. But I think it's like you said. This one's quotable. It's got ton of people in it who have who were at some point you know it's got a lot of people who like name recognition for its day but also people who like you know you're like oh this this person was in there that person was in it and you you know you move on down the road and you're like oh okay well they went on to do this they did that it's got i mean you can argue that like you know happy gilmore does kind of start with like a core group of people that are going to show up in most of the happy madison universe movies whatever you want to call them but, I mean, this is the first one with Rob Schneider. We know he shows up a lot more. And it's just, you can see where it's the origins of this guy's going to go and make these dopey comedies that are may or may not have, you know, any sort of critical praise. But they'll sell. Well, this is like, <clears throat> this is capping off a year where basically he has established himself as like, the new guy, mm-hmm. the new hundred million dollar comedy guy. Because mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about what is it going overboard. What's the first one? I think it's the going very overboard, early yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't really fit into this narrative, but Billy Madison, yes, mo- modest little success, mm-hmm. huge hit on mm-hmm. home video. Right, gets a little, little bit more money. Happy Gilmore. Same same sort of story. It does like I think double its budget. Right, huge hit. But he's still he's only in this like forty million dollars. He's still niche. He's still you know. Oh, that's the guy from SNL. Yeah, he's still yeah. got the edge. And then there's a few other things. Middling it. There's like bulletproof and a couple other things. But ninety eight, very important year for mm-hmm. Sandler. Mm-hmm. And these two back to back might be my two favorite of what we consider an Adam Sandler movie in quotes right. or whatever. But Wedding Singer comes out in February of this year. Right. Right right before Valentine's Day. Huge hit. Yes. Massive hit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. Didn't see it in the theater. Me neither. Saw it on VHS and just absolutely blew my mind. And we rented it, I don't know how many times before I eventually just bought the thing. Right. Uh, one of my favorite romantic comedies ever. One of still, I I think, and arguably like the three best in his, again, the Sandler oeuvre specifically, right. what you expect from him. And so he's already kind of like blown up. Right. And then you come in right at the end of the year in November with this. Yeah. And it's like, it feels like maybe it should have been a summer comedy, but you're like, that would have been a little too close. You're, you're muddling the water. Instead, no, he just like... He comes in at the end of the year. People just like are happy to see him again. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different character, but the core of these two, it's the most likable he ever is in a movie. Is Wedding Singer and this, and Wedding Singer still has the dark, right. like you know, going through a bit of a mental break edge, mm-hmm. and this is instead like when he gets emotional, it's the that's the, the physical, physical yeah. outburst and everything, but. The character of Bobby Boucher, which is not like a wholly original invention. It's like he did the Cajun Man and Canteen right. Boy and all of these are kind of like swirled together. But 
he's so inherently likable. Mm-hmm. You just want to see this guy succeed. And I just, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. And I was just reminded of like, yeah, he just gets shit on. And he just handles everything with a smile. And those moments, those early scenes with like Kathy Bates, he's like, he's so dialed in. And it's like, if you want to make fun of the performance for like, you know, being too reliant on like this goofy voice and everything. I'm mainly thinking of like the Roger Ebert review, which just is right. like, this is unbearable. He expects you to sit through an entire movie. This I'm like, it's only 90 minutes, bro. It's like, it's a blissful 90 minutes. Yes. It's pretty like you could maybe trim five minutes of, out of it, but, but why? It doesn't outstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but he's just so inherently likable and Billy Madison kind of a shit, but endearing. And see, Happy Billy Gilmore, Madison would be one where I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's the one everybody's like, Billy Madison. I'm like, it's not. Dude, if you go back and watch Billy Madison now, though, the, the jokes just hit so hard. Maybe. Okay. It's so funny. Well, there was there was one early on in this where I was like, oh, I don't think you can make that after this year. Because when he's like, you got you to gotta stick up for yourself. I could do this. Like, I am not telling you to go on a school shooting. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you can't yeah, make that joke Jesus. next year. Like, yeah. yeah, this is pre-Columbine. You can't say that now that after this. Even, yeah, no. that one didn't even hit me. Yeah. For some reason in my head, this is like a 2000s movie. Mm-hmm. Like, right on the cusp of 2000. And I don't know why I have that in my head. Because he goes right from this to Big Daddy. The money made like, from this funds Big Daddy. Yeah. He was in production which is on it. an even bigger hit. Like, at that yes. point, he's officially... Big I mean, Daddy is my favorite of all of this this output. This, I mean, dude, this, his, his 90s run alone, yeah. you could put it up against a few other, like, big names. And it's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. impressive streak. And it's stuff like this. Especially re-watchables. Like, stuff you can go back to over and over again. Well, see, that's the thing. It's is. like, stuff like this. Like, I've seen Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2 once. Just Never they're seen on. either. They're not, they're not bad. They're not as bad as people say they are. But I get I get it as like this guy did all this in the early late nineties, early two thousands. And literally now when he wants to make a movie or do something, he makes a ton of money for him and his buddies to go away and just dick around and make a movie and have a vacation and come back. I can't fault the guy for that. He's not when he does step out and does something fucking amazing, again, the SAG knows what the deal is. But nobody else knows what the deal is because he got snubbed for the Oscar and he shouldn't have been. Yeah. And I loved his speech at the SAG Awards accepting that. It's like, yeah, they get it. They know it's you, man, because you have done The Water Boy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, all these other ones. But yet you, you do something like Uncut Gems and you're just like, this dude's actually an actor. Like, he's not just a bumbling idiot that happened to get lucky. But he's a like fucking. He has to reprove that to everybody every couple years. Right. And, like, usually. There's, I mean, Uncut Gems is definitely the best of him stepping out of it because you, the last time prior what, to Magnolia like, or no Punch Drunk Love, Punch Drunk Love, which is the one obviously I would point to as being next to Uncut Gems, probably his best performance, right? Performance. Um, but that's not the short change, like the work he does in his comedies and everything. But no, I was looking at the trajectory of this because I was like, okay. He, after the after his 90s, which is pretty undisputed. Yeah. Okay. Little Nicky, which I feel like is a bit of a dip. A little bit, but it's still fun. Financially and like from a fan perspective. Same year that he does Punch Drunk Love, 
that is a critical darling, but none of his fan base shows up for and are like basically completely out on. Same year he has Mr. Deeds, yes. which is still in this vein. So he's like, he gets out of his comfort zone, mm-hmm. but he knows how to do one for them, one for me sort of thing. Are we going to say he that has, anger management is the best of all this combined? He has eight crazy nights eh. the same year. Brief but memorable appearance in The Hot Chick for his yeah. buddy Rob Schneider. We'll talk about Schneider in a bit. Anger management in 2003, him paired with Nicholson at the time, for me, it was a massive comeback because in my head, the last, like, I didn't care for little Nikki um, at the time. I think in retrospect, it's held up better than I maybe gave it credit for. You got Harvey Keitel as his dad, man. Come on. Tarantino is the crazy preacher. Yes. It's got some good stuff. Anyways, but I remember because I. Mr. Deeds, I was kind of indifferent towards. The Hot Chick, I don't even know if I saw at the time. And I just remember thinking, though, it was like, it was post-Punch Drunk Love. And, or maybe I hadn't even seen Punch Drunk Love until post-management, probably. probably. I feel like it might have been a little bit further down the road. Then he has 51st Dates, which everybody loved. And I'm I'm kind of whatever. on. I prefer Wedding Singer, as far as the pairing with him and Barry Moore. Same year, 2004, he does Spanglish. Gives another... Shot towards the, the dramedy, mm-hmm. and people don't really like it. No, um, right back to the old staples, longest yard. All right, I'm Burt Reynolds, but then he tries to fuse the two together. He's like, I'm gonna do a serious one of my my movies. I'm gonna do a little bit more Big Daddy in tone, mm-hmm. and he makes Click, right? Which a lot of people love, and I'm kind of indifferent towards. It's sad. The back, the back, back half, half yeah. yes, but I don't know that the timey wimey jokes early on like even play that great. I, I don't know. Then he does rain over me. This is where I feel like he officially is like, all right, you guys really don't want me to like do this, so I'm gonna do every screw it. Every chance I now I pronounce get. you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan bedtime stories, which is kind of one for the kids. But then he can't help himself, dude. Funny people with Apatow. Which people still sleep on, gets a bad rap, and I feel like over the, there's been like a reassessment. Oh no! Everybody like, now that I've listened talk about it, it's like this is fucking great. Yeah. Like why do we not know this when it came out? It's but like, again, not the response he's looking for. Straight into Grown Ups, just go with it. An appearance in The Zookeeper, Jack and Jill, <laughs> that's my boy. Then he's into animation with Hotel Transylvania, Grown Ups Two, uh, Blended. And then he's like, I gotta give it one more shot. 2014, back to back, he has Men, Women, and Children, which is a Jason Reitman movie I've still never seen Me because either. I heard it was terrible. He also has The Cobbler, where he plays the shoe guy. Yeah. And it's kind of like magical realism. Never saw it. Me either. Okay. No dice. All right, fine. I'm gonna sign a giant deal with Netflix. Also, I got Pixels, Hotel Transylvania 2, and then the start of the Netflix stuff. Ridiculous Six, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler. Um, but I'm still going to fit one in for me. Meyerowitz Stories, which is the Baumbach movie. Okay, And then he just keeps going. So he, to me, the only time he really got scared off of it for a period was right after Rain Over Me in 2007, where he was like, people did not like this. And to refresh people's memory, that is the one with Don Cheadle that is a stealth post 9-11 movie um yeah 
and is not a fun time or a particularly good performance from either of them and is just ill-conceived in every way, shape, and form. And I did see it in the theater. And oh. it was not a fun sit at all. I think I saw it with Mom, pretty sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so that's the career of Adam Sandler. Right. And then he ultimately came back with arguably his best work. Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Obviously. Clearly. Mm-hmm. I love that Hubie came out right after Uncut Gems. I love that. Was that two years ago or last year? It was last year. I'm going to rewatch it again this year. I great fucking Halloween. Lo- I fucking loved time. it. Like, yeah. it's up there with Hocus Pocus as, like, standalone. Like, I mean. In terms of, like, stuff I got to watch. Let's I, calm down that kind of talk just a little just, bit. Let's, in let's terms of, like, that down just in terms bit. of, like, comedy that's, like, it's not it's scary. It's not October yet, but I will fucking bite your neck <laughs> talk about Hocus Pocus like this. Okay. So, <laughs> essentially, the plot of The Waterboy is, now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, um... Young Bubby Boucher gets fired from being, you know, the uh, water something transitions, I don't whatever know he calls he it. it. Funds up, fun words for being the water boy. Um, he's fired by the. Uh, Jerry Reed? Yes. The um, Mud Dog. No, that. I can't, what is the name They're of the They're the team? Cougars, right? The Cougars, right. Yeah. Um, and so he basically, you know, has to find another job and he, you know, me falls in with uh, another legend. This is the thing I was going to say. I think the reason I like Big Daddy the most is because it's just kind of him. There's nobody there. So in Happy Gilmore, you've got seasoned actor Carl Weathers from Rocky and yes. Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin. Okay. Right. So there's those two to play against, right? Wedding singer, Drew Barrymore. You know, she's there. She's the, you know, to play up against. And in this, you have, you know, Jerry Reed, his last movie appearance. And I'm sorry, the resurgence of Henry Winkler, because. Incredible performance in this movie. uh, When I I heard that he was going to be in Barry, I was like, I don't know. And then I remembered this movie and I was like, he'll be fine. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. It's so, he's so perfect well, in this you're movie you're not an arrested development guy dude but him as barry the lawyer on arrested development mm-hmm. plays a character named barry mm-hmm. um is one of the great like he's like like genius level like line deliveries and just like perfect timing right and it, the show is written that way but he is just crushing it on arrested development right. For like three seasons and he's not a main character but he sh- he shows oh, up yeah. every once in a while and you're always like Henry Winkler. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as he was on Barry, I, I dude, I cannot wait for fucking me, Barry season three. Dude, when see, does that happen? I have no idea. I know pandemic's a thing, but like, yeah. if we can make it happen, let's make it happen. But so, and in doing so, we like you said, we've seen that he's been you know you know kind of picked on, made fun of. He's a thirty, he's thirty one years old. And he's a water boy. Yeah. You know, lives at home in the bayou with his mother. Mama. Know? Mama. Excuse me. Yes. Excuse you. Did you and and uh, Steve the donkey. Which apparently there were two donkeys, one of whom, Steve is the one you see on camera, but would never bray or whatever on, on cue. So they had the other one, Billy. For the insert. For the, for, yeah. For the emotional make, side. To make it's the, just like the old To noise. make the noises. Exactly no, he only made like the noises because he could do it on cue. Or on, on, yeah. So essentially, on his first day on the job with the new school, the SCLSU Mud Dogs, they, um, 
the coach is like, hey, you gotta, you gotta like stick up for yourself. Like you can't just let these guys walk all over you. Yeah. And he's had his entire life where like I'm when sorry, he was little still doing plot time. Yeah. <laughs> when he was little, basically Jerry was like, hell no, you're not gonna like you know lash out at my players. Finely tuned athletic, athletic machine. machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love. I fucking love Jerry. Jerry in this God movie. Goddamn, if he's gonna be hit on oh, the head like some water boy. <laughs> So, <laughs> so <laughs> Jerry Reed's really easy to do. He is really, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's pretty fun to do, too. Yeah. So, um, basically, when the gloves are able to come off, he just lashes out in this amazing feat of, like, brute strength and just pure yeah, agility. one of his two his two buddies. One of the, well, three, three buddies. We don't get the other one in here. Right. The one who's the lead in Grandma's Boy. All of their no, names escape me. But no. there's the trio of his bros, basically, right. yeah. that show up in a lot of these movies. Right. Um, but yeah, the quarterback is one of one of those guys. Right. Um, to backtrack for a moment, I just... It's one of those things that, like, it only will hit you, I guess, after you've seen it a couple times. But, like, the... The simple idea that like, every team, like, and every year apparently, they just want to beat the shit out of this one. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, there's scenes with the mud dogs where like his dumb, the one who's like cross-eyed and everything, yeah, like spits in the water. I'm like, guys, you guys are all gonna drink out of that, <laughs> like, right? What? Why? Why? Why you gotta pick off this guy? <laughs> right. And I have to keep reminding myself, I'm like. I guess he's 31 and like they're trying to you know they're trying he never went to school Veronica was like well they're trying to make it like high school thing you know like a little loser and it's like it's kind of extra funny because it's like they're doing this high school mentality of like jocks picking on nerds but it's like it's college right and I was like I guess that plays but I just that somehow was so much funnier to me this time just the idea that like well of course as we always do, we fuck with the staff constantly. Right. Instead of practicing, we're just like, always no, fighting. no. As it's like that is that's the difference between like a Power Five FBS school, like a Clemson or an Alabama or right. USC, or whatever. The reason why these other schools can't get it together, they're just too busy fucking with the water boys. Exactly. Like they're just too busy fucking well, off with the staff. I, like just well, not when they when he fires him in the opening. The assistant coach is just like, he does a great job, coach. Like, yeah. It's like, fucking look at him. Like, yeah. Look, dude, he so had lucky. three different types of water, Noah. Yeah. He had, like, it's regular room temperature, rain spring, water, spring, rain, yes. Distilled. He's yeah. got, like, the most intense setup for nothing. He wasn't getting paid a fucking dime to do any of this. That's the my... moment where he goes in to meet initially with Henry Winkler. I also love that he's wearing, like, a crushed velvet, like, powder blue suit. Yes. It's so fucking funny. Um, but. Winkler's doing, the, it's like getting really into the play. And he's like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> like pauses. All, then gets a bow, almost passes out, and he brings out the water for him. And, oh, God, he shows him the jug. And he's just like, uh, I, I do it for free. <laughs> I, 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 I never I served this to anyone ever again. Never served this to anyone. <laughs> yes. I only ask that you never served this water to anyone ever again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he gets hired. We should, uh, well, excuse me. He says, I can't do it like you got to you gotta come meet my mom, basically. He's like, no, mom, me play football? I can't do that. My mom will kill me. Yeah. Then, So he go like, the coach does the initial, like, hey, I want your son to do this and that. And she's like, oh, hell no. Like, he's not playing football. Henry Winkler, though, in this entire sequence, mm-hmm. like, eating all the crazy food, 
if you were going to tell me what part of the snake is, well, snakes don't really have pots. <laughs> but I'd say it's his knee. Like, his reaction shots the whole time to just like, okay. 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 I don't it's know just, what. It's gold, dude. Solid gold. But the build-up <laughs> oh to my God. what Mama told oh no, well, won't hurt her. When I was a kid, I wanted to tattoo a Roy Orbison. So bad. And my mother said no. And my favorite detail is it is a like pristine, young, round, perfectly (laughs) shaved ass. It is like there's no way that belongs to Henry Winkler. That is so funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, what mama don't Don't know. know. Dude, he is fucking killing it. It's my uh, if we're gonna talk about that, so. uh, he agrees, and he basically tells his mom like he's he's just going to help. He will help do the water boy. He's not going to do thing, that. But he's secretly going to go to school. Yeah, when he enrolls, be a college boy. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds nice, mom. Yeah. So the first scene when he is <laughs> what he was lost in the Sahara Desert, and he died. <laughs> he died of the dehydration. Ghost climbing. You know, no water. I would have brought him some water. I was just a little baby inside Mama's stomach. Dude, how can you watch? Like, I understand that people would want to hate, like, critics. Like, what the fuck ever. But as an audience, how are you not just like, I fucking love this guy. I want to see him. Like, it is 100%. It is to the back of the, you know, the auditorium. Yes. Like, playing to the crowd or whatever. Lowest common denominator, whatever you want to call it, but it fucking works, dude. Mm-hmm. When he does the, the whole, I mean, you're already in love with him just from seeing the way that like he interacts with his mom earlier. When she's like, "Not go in your bedroom and I'll be in there to brush your hair," yeah. you're just like he's thirty <laughs> one years old. old. The captain, insane. No, he dude, be... just, like breaks your heart. Dude. What are you about thirteen? I'm thirty one years old. <laughs> <laughs> Them just... la- damn. That's it's so fucking ridiculous, but it's and it's one of those. It's like when you're watching it the first time, or when like back then, that kind of humor, the like the idea, the only joke that plays when it comes to the age and the humor thing is when they're like Michigan today decided to start their tell boy, and then this kid just gets creamy. You're like, oh no, yeah. And there's like watching it this time. It is one of those like you should rewatch it because you're gonna miss things when they come back to the first game that they lose. Or you see, the first team they lose the one they win. It's like good news, folks. So and so is you know out of whatever recovery, and he he'll be he'll be able to make a full recovery. <laughs> He's gonna be able to walk again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit like that, and then like randomly you see the newspaper that's like they 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 beat him five to nothing. It's like oh, so they had a field goal and a I, safety exactly, and that was it. I love these scores, and if we want to get into the sports of it all for a little bit, how many movies? football movies in particular are designed around defensemen as like they're those are the highlights we're not seeing like crazy no of course Hail not. Mary passes and like crazy running plays and shit and stuff like that in this one it's all from a defensive perspective so it's all about big hits which I think is what this movie keys into because if you want to have slapstick or physical comedy it makes more sense to have him be a defenseman than be mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah. So you make him a linebacker, but I'm just like, how many, and I I haven't seen all the sports movies, but how many highlight a linebacker? 
You know what I'm Not saying? That, I think I think that's kind of the one other of the one we're going to talk about. It does it just about as enough as you would think it should? Yeah, no more, no less. But yeah, I think that's the interesting side aspect. Right. Even though, of course, it's heightened and there's all these crazy like sight gags and everything going on. Right. Well, I mean, games, if you pull but... any of the other ones, like in Elo Cool J and um, Jamie Fox, they're both running back and quarterback, whatever. Yeah, Jamie Fox is the quarterback. Right. But he's like second string and has to come in because. You, oh my God! You, we gotta I watch. Gotta, it, well, dude. I I know some. Quaid goes out. That's right. Okay, Quaid was the one. I just remember. Stuff about like Oliver Stone going to each one of them and talking mad shit just to get them to want to fight each other for real. Oh, dude, there is so that is the most testosterone yes. ridden movie. Like that is like it makes pain and gain look like nothing, dude. Wow. The yes, the level of maleness on display, and then the lone female in the midst of all of it is Cameron Diaz, who is maybe doing her best work ever. Just like ball crushing all these dudes essentially like she's she's a, a real ball buster she's a bad bitch in that movie. okay she's great i'm gonna have yes. to check it out um yeah but you're yeah you're right the, and that's the that's the the selling point of all of this is like look at this dude look at, at this and that's the brilliance i think of you know like i just we made the joke of like oh yeah well the reason they're not amazing and like you know in the the big leagues of college football is because they just can't get over like making fun of the water boy well, it's the same reason why this movie works here is because that kind of stuff of like, oh, this crazy, insane hit that happens in real college football. It has always happened, but never at like that level. So like the competition right. and I, I love that it kind of plays around with that because it's like they say they beat Clemson and I'm like, wow, OK, <laughs> the, LS, the the SCLSU Mudhogs, they took on Clemson. Not and they won. bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's like. Yeah, the craziness of just like how like the it may have even be in the same game I just talked about where he's like no 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 and he's yelling at him. he's like I don't know what the quarterback's like I'm sorry like I don't know. no I didn't mean it I don't know like just it's it's ridiculous the uh, we didn't even talk about like Farmer Fred with uh, Sean's dad from uh, Boy Meets World just I like to think that that's what he's doing that's what Chet Hunter's doing when he's not when he's off he's like actually like. A football coach in Louisiana. He's left his son up in the Northeast. It's, it's one of my favorite runners. It leads to what I would argue is the single funniest joke of the entire movie. And it's not a joke. It's pure sight gag. Yes. That is. But, <laughs> fuck it, dude. We're jumping around. No, we can't. It doesn't matter. In the final game, in the like heroic montage. You know, where, the, where he finally throws the, the football for the first time. Play, right. He's throwing it to the quarterback. The idea sneak. that like everything is building up. It's all the normal shots you expect to see in this type of movie. And the music is swelling. And then we get just a little cut to And it lasts the perfect amount of time to Farmer Fred tweaking with his you know, own with his coveralls out, tweaking his own nipples, just looking so satisfied. <laughs> Is one of the single funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in a movie. It's just it's pure editing genius to just like just drop that in there. And there's a little bit of haze that comes you, up. It's a little bit angelic. The, the music kind of lifts you just can a feel tad bit. Sandler beat in the back and like, and then we gotta get him in there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's just that's a genius move right there. But My, yes, that, that is the, that is the funniest scene. The, show, the second funniest scene. Is after basically they do the pep rally and they basically foil like, well, your water boy can't play because, you know, he never went to high school. Because so Henry got to... Winkler forged the transcripts. Right. 
And so he said, why didn't you defend me? And he's like, I came in here and I got under my desk and I cried. I cried like a 10-year-old girl. And he throws whatever he throws out the window. And in the way that it hits Colonel Sanders and, the, and he falls over. I, I watched it twice. Around the scene twice you, last time. I know and you had to I run fucking, it back multiple times. I yeah. fucking died, dude. That is like the second funniest thing. And, and these are, again, just pure, yes. know, pure physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, because literally the only line that I would even want to quote here is, remember the time that Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the, and the mud dogs were in a bourbon bowl, do you? <laughs> like, that's my, that's like, that's it. That's perfect. Because yeah. it's like, it's it's every trope of what you've seen and like, down home like good old-fashioned team team like gotta you know go against all odds and whatnot it's all that not taken to any weird extremes i feel like it still plays in the same vein of like a little giants or a um unnecessary roughness or like a sandlot or something just where it's like stakes are high but they're not world ending and it doesn't do anything crazy with that but it is just the sight gags like you're talking about. And just the surreal the pure... kind of just anarchic energy that he has right. running throughout his movies where it's like, but they can get really fucking weird whenever they choose to. Right. They can have stuff like Billy Madison where it's like, boy, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> like, it can have elements of that just that seemingly come out of nowhere or like or like or like happy gilmore where hey that alligator took your hand i that's what kills carl that's what kills chubbs and then of course good job murderer (laughs) christopher mcdowell (laughs) these movies are so fucking like just a super satisfying rewatch but that's what i clicked into is i'm like yeah there's like you can see why audiences, mass audiences, fall in love with him as a performer in these early ones. And I feel like some of the later ones get away from this. Anytime you make him too much of a prick or too much of a little bit of a cynical asshole, I like, I still enjoy it, but there's a little bit more barrier to entry. I love him as these, like, huge softies, heart of gold, like, you just can't help but root for him, and that is Robbie in Wedding Singer, right. and that's Bobby in Robbie and Bobby, baby. Yeah, I don't know, because even and Big Daddy, it works though because it's kind of it's a man child thing, but he has to grow into himself. Right. So the the little bit of edge works, but like all the the romantic shit he plays with like Joey Lauren Adams in oh, that yeah. is great. Like it's kind you know, I just. I, this was his golden era. This yeah. is right smack dab in the middle of the sandwich of what I would say are the other like two big favorites of this time period. But yeah, if we're breaking into the 2000s, I put anger management up in the conversation right. for sure. But this one, super rewatchable. I don't know how much more we want to like get into the plot. It's just going to be us riffing on, on different different. Yeah, we're just getting into stuff. stuff. But of course, the only... Again, I said you could maybe drop five minutes out of this movie... The one little element watching it this time, the only time I felt like it lagged a bit, is you get the what I think is a pretty solid scene of Vicky Valancourt, who I haven't mentioned Feruza Bulk at all. But oh, yeah. I think she's great fun in this as well. Of course. And Kathy Bates we haven't really talked about, but is killing it as Mama the whole time. And I'm sure you read a little bit of the backstory of her. She was like, who the fuck is Adam Sandler? Why would I? No, right. I don't want to do this. And her niece was like, Adam Sandler is the best 
and Kathy, like, like you have to you do gotta this. do this movie. And of course it ends up for a generation of people becoming one of her most iconic roles and something that like people still reference to this. Yeah, it's day. like we talk about her as mama, yeah. but like mom talks about her as Annie. Yeah. And it's like those are the two you get. Because I mean really what well, other and I personally can never forget about Schmidt. About Schmidt. Yeah. Well, I'm having a Manhattan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the heck? And there's some other good too. stuff that she's done lately, but it's like that was just. I mean, I well, American Horror Story season three was kind of like a fuck yes, like we forgot. Yeah. Kathy Bates is like the shit. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a big, a big moment. But that was, I mean, that was a while ago now. That was several seasons of American Horror Story ago now. I'm trying to think of the last big thing she was in. I remember. Um, I mean. She's had a lot of series, and so isn't she on... I don't know. She's always working. Yeah, she's, she's doing stuff. She's fine. She's okay. She's, she's a fucking Oscar winner. She doesn't have to do shit. Exactly. She just kick back if she wants to. She's mm-hmm. a goddamn legend. She's yeah. mama. Okay. Exactly. Put some respect on her. <laughs> uh, but Feruza Balk, I actually really like as Vicky, and like for all the people like putting on the Southern accent, I don't know if she works for me, dude. I, th- I think it totally plays. Um and I, I want to also compliment some just, it was refreshing, because this is a short movie, just some, like, just clean setup and payoff, and, like, it's not too messy. They set up that green playbook in the very opening of the movie. Right. We eventually pay it off with the whole backstory of Winkler. The scene where she shows him his boobies, or her, <laughs> her boobies. Right. We set up the water. Which is just to have like a cool little payoff scene in the climax, but like it's not even a huge thing. But like, I like that the narrative is not very complicated. No, it's not. On. But anyways, you have you, that you have the dad she, come back at the very end, right? Who you which have? I had always confused with happening earlier when like Kathy Bates is in the hospital. I forgot that that's the final moment. Right. Anyways, that's the director, by the way. Yes. That's which I did not realize until I read it in trivia because yeah. I always assumed that that was Adam Sandler in like crazy makeup. That's what I always thought that was. Anyways, the only bit that I feel like is a little like, okay, this is a weird beat, is Vicky gets all the townspeople together, um, including Clint Howard, who has, I love the great runners of him in the stands as the asshole who just always, literally doesn't know anything. (laughs) Joe Montana. He may not be a very attractive (laughs) man. Joe Montana was a quarterback, you idiot. Let's talk about Joe Montana. Montana. That is a joke for like seven people, and we are two of them. But that is so funny. We thought it was funny when we were kids. I don't even think we knew who Joe Montana was, but now... He's the man from town. What? Nothing. That's a thinner joke. Jade, baby. That's what I'm going with now. I thought that was Chaz Palminteri. It is Chaz Palminteri. Joe Montana is thinner. The man from town says, take the curse off. Okay, Joe Montana's been in a billion things. What's his like sexy thriller though? A Bronx Tale. <laughs> Damn it, that's Chaz Palminteri again. Joe Montana, a uh, Criminal Minds. Any one of those they shows are, he's on? He's a mammoth guy. That what is true. He is a mammoth. Spanish guy. prisoner? Is that him? Maybe. This is the Spanish prisoner, bro. Joe Montana. Um, we got lost there for a second. Is Joe Montana Joey Zaza in the third God? Godfather? Yes. He's in one. Yeah, he's in part three, I think. It is, is that Joe Montana? If it's not, if it's fucking Chaz Palminteri again, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm going to be furious. I am. Um, no, I think you're right. 
you're gonna pull them up and we're gonna be like oh this searching for bobby fisher yeah 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 we're you're we're thinking of the right guy anyways she brings clint howard out he gives the big speech that he's like yeah, know, Joe the, they get the townspeople together for him, but he's still like, sorry, okay, she y'all needs... need to leave because she needs to rest. And you still have to have like the beat for her. I'm like, we don't need you to like take her back to the body. She could wake up in that moment. And you guys could have the whole realization and like, we don't need this. They weren't next. at the bayou though. They were like in the hospital. Yeah, but she, he then takes her from there. Like, no, she, they set her up at home. No, no. They make the room like home. He has to go back Excuse to get his pads. Me. You're, you're 100% yeah, right. They, they even get Steve to come to the, to the hospital. hospital. <laughs> this is... And the thing I love is that, like, you're most right. of this... Most of this is shot around Lakeland and Deland, Florida. And, like, the college... The high school there was like, you can use the stadium, but you have to pay to, like, have it renovated when you leave. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, fine. But there is one Passover shot... At the final game, that is Williams Bryce Stadium from Columbia. It's an establishing aerial shot of it, yeah. which I couldn't tell the difference. And, but again, that was well, Williams Bryce twenty to years the ago. Ground and you don't see the sides built up right. on one side the way that it is. At, well, you know. well, no, I mean it, it's literally just an establishing. All the actual stuff on the field no, is somewhere what I'm else. Saying you can tell that it doesn't connect but from it's, that establishing shot. But, but it's also like, again, it's also that was like fucking twenty years ago. So I don't know what it looked like then. It um, could have not had the turnstiles or whatever. I don't know. One other slight knock, and I'm like, your mileage may vary with this. I feel like there's a little too much. Um, oh, let's have some winking nods to actual sports guys. Like, they have the broadcasters. Most of that pretty much plays. It's maybe a little too much. Yeah, but like Lynn there's Swan like Jerry there. Jones and what's his name in the stands. And there, I like... It's Jimmy... Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, excuse me. The always, most winningest always coach ju- in I Miami history. I don't want to say Jimmy Johnson because I think I'm talking about a NASCAR driver, but you're 100% yeah. correct. Who's the other guy sitting there with him? Um, Are we supposed to know him? I assumed he was another guy. He is, but I can't but remember anyways, the name. Their shit is so stilted, and it's like, this is like a bad commercial that you guys are shooting or something. Um, you got Lynn Swan in there in the opening. I like that. So I could... I could have dropped that. No, my the only cameo I want in this is the best one, which is Bart LT. LT, which brings me to my next point, kids. Don't Don't smoke smoke crack. crack. Um, P.S. You have got to watch any given Sunday. LT is a huge, huge part of that movie. Okay, and doing a pretty damn good job of performance, basically playing him himself. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this has been a mini again re-advertisement that I guess next year we're going to do the program and any given Sunday for our pairing. So yeah, any other thoughts on the the final game? Oh, I should mention the one bit of connective tissue, sort of between these two movies, who I honestly had forgotten about until I'm like, oh yeah, of course, his buddy the kicker. Is Larry Gillard Jr. Right. From The Wire. Some people know him from Walking Dead. But he also comes in in the later seasons of Friday Night Lights, the TV show. That's right. He is in there. I forget yeah. about that. Because once... Once... uh, I well, do love that he is always his buddy. Like, even after they the whole transcript thing comes out, he's just like, sorry, Bobby. Like, he doesn't turn on him or anything. Right. Like, I like that bit. Yeah, he, he does have at least. Well, one that's like what I was talking about with the one score. That implies that like 
the kicker got the, his buddy got him. Yeah, no, it's just it's just him and Bobby it, contributing it, points to the team the right. entire season. The only yes. one who is nice to him. That's Again, what I love. Special, yeah, exactly. Special teams and a defenseman. Like, how he's, often do you center the, the action around? There's them? only That's and there's only three people that get the magical, you know, turn your fear into your like juice thing, and it's like. He he pictures the KKK guy, right? And then he's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. that's gonna be my bitch." And that's um, what's his face? Orlando, black guy, Orlando something. What is his name? He was in double take with Eddie Griffin. I'm not Orlando Jones. Jones, yeah, that's him as the guy that's gonna fumble the onside kick. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a, he's briefly in there for two seconds. That's the only thing he's. In. And of course, you have. Coach Klein, who can turn Red Bowu into, you know, a baby, baby. or a Cocker baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the flashback with him with the bow when he's like, no, Mama, I didn't get the job. He's just standing there with the phone unhooked. It's like, oh, he's, he's already got gone. High, he's got high heels on. <laughs> yes. He's just like. And a fucking afro, dude. That's the best part. Now, so I'm going to need that playbook. Show the coach for something I got. But these are my place, Red. It's just so but fucking good. Plays, Red. You, do, you do a good winkler, yeah. dude. It's just, you just got to be real soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. But, yeah, dude. It's just, and it's one of the, I mean, not to tie it in with all other sports movies, but, like, when we talked about Rocky and how it's like, I used to think of that movie as just like, oh yeah, it's just an underdog story about Rocky, the underdog, but really he's fighting for all of the underdogs in his life. The whole movie is about underdogs. I like the setup of like, Winkler is kind of the only other major character and he's battling his own insecurities and demons and like he has to overcome his thing and right. like they kind of, they help each other out and it's just, it's all... It's all just feel good stuff, right. man. There's nothing, nothing to bump up too hard against, which is great. It doesn't outstay its welcome. I would say most of the jokes still hold up and hit. Oh yeah. Uh, we didn't even talk about the whole runner of like the uh, the cheerleaders always being drunk. <laughs> shit faced. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and then like the final game, you have Kathy Bates like all right, trying sober to sober up them now. Come on now. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give up on my boy. Um, because I he, also yeah. love Vicky telling the guy like. Well, the mud dogs are gonna win thirty to twenty seven. That's how it's, it's gonna, gonna be. Oh, watch out, Swan! Like, is that moment? Yeah, later where she, he, she literally just is looking at Swan. Like, see, I told you. Yeah, He's motherfucker. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I do love Vern Lundquist. Uh, um, no, it's not Vern Lundquist. It's um, Brent Musburger. Musburger. That's who it is. I, I, the other guy obviously didn't make it long enough to be on game day now. But yeah. I remember the voices from that, but it's like, and he didn't hold anything back. It's like, we get it. I know. Hey, I yeah. know. I love, I love that. That's, yeah. The, I mean, the best announcers still, though, in any sports film. Ranch Wilder, the voice of the Angels. No, it's the fucking, I can't remember his name. It's the dude from Major League, dude. Oh, yeah. That's the best announcer oh, yeah. in any sports movie. Yeah, I'll give by you that. By far. Any comedy announcer. Ranch Wilder's a close second. Yeah. Ranch, you're fired. <laughs> you can't fire me. I'm Ranch Wilder. Yeah. Easy Still Ranch. My, Less is more. Still one of my favorite moments in this entire podcast where you're like, yeah, Ranch Wilder was fucking all those kids. And I was like, what? You're like, true detective. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> you're like, no, not him. <laughs> I was like, for real? <laughs> yeah. I love that, like, when we don't know actors' names, we call them by, like, a character 
and you and I both instantly know who we're talking about. You can, Absolutely. in your mind's eye, you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was him. It was, yeah. That's that's the beauty of it. It's just like, oh, yeah, this, this character was doing this. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure he gets it all the time. And I'm probably sure. hates it. Probably. But it's like, dude, don't you, you definitely want that over Bobby Lee Tuttle from <laughs> right. Oh, my God, it's Bobby Lee Tuttle. Gotta get his autograph, bro. <laughs> Mr. Total, I loved you. <laughs> you were great and true detective. So good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, any, I mean, I, you know, you're no Reggie Ledoux, but, you know, hey, I'll take what I can final, get. <laughs> any final thoughts on The Waterboy? I guess go, we're just in go Cajun watch country, it. Yeah. so it's vaguely connected. Yeah. Um, go, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. If you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it again. Yeah, it still holds hold, up. Like holds up. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, it's not like I would watch it, like, you know, tomorrow night, but give it six months, throw this one on in the background, like, just solid, baby. Yeah, it's good. Good times, had by all. Again, I, and I kind of want to go to some of the latter ones, because you said you've seen Grown Ups and it's alright, and I haven't really watched any of the Netflix ones. I know they're doing another, um, what is, the one he did with Aniston. Was the one that dad watched? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. I can't it escapes me right now. Some kind of like trip thing or something like that. I can't remember. Was it murder trip, mystery trip or something murder like part, that? No. No, murder part no. No. Mystery Murder, murder Mystery. Murder That's mystery. what it's called. Murder yeah, yeah. Mystery. Yes, they're doing a second one. Um but yeah, part of me wants to check in on those because as we talked about, like Uncut Gems kinda made me go back and like really think about it and I was like no, I love Sandler, dude. Like, even as much shit as I've maybe thought about those movies that I haven't watched and probably would still get some decent laughs out of, um, generally always have a good time watching them. And this is, like, right in the sweet spot. Of, Very vintage. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. It's weird to call it retro now because it doesn't feel like it was, like, mm-hmm. as long ago as it was because I can right. remember being in... Like, like I said, like Tinseltown, North Carolina, watching this in the theater that this is around Christmas. 23 years old now? Yeah. It's wild. To think of. It could be playing for the SCLSU Mud Dogs <laughs> right now if it wanted to. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. you, you want to switch gears and get a little more serious? I suppose. Yeah. Maybe we should head out to West Texas, Midland, Odessa, <laughs> Permian. <laughs> Panther football. Yep. Ain't no curses. <laughs> are, you, are you just going to keep doing lines? No, no. Or are I mean, we going to play the trailer? We can, if you can get the trailer to play. Okay. I mean, you know. Gentlemen, the hopes and dreams of an entire town are riding on your shoulders. You may never matter more than you do right now. It's time. Now, if you want to win state... You're going to have to beat a team of giants, a team of monsters over in Dallas that outweigh you about 30 pounds a man. This is real, sincere warfare. We're in the business of winning. Run, 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 run. Should we believe the hype? What hype? The hype about Booby Miles. Now, hype is something that's not for real. I'm all real. What's it like being the quarterback? I mean, this is a big responsibility for a 17-year-old kid. Do you think you can handle it? No, that is not acceptable. Hope so. Your dad played at Permian. What's it like to be the son of a local legend? Tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. 
Maybe this can help. Oh, oh, two, football. Next question. I want to be with a ball carrier. Give me just one touchdown. Just one. Hey, 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 son, come here, come here. Where are you going? You don't, you don't want me to go in, coach? You don't want a helmet? My goodness gracious. Do you want to play college ball? Do you want to get out of this town? I think so. Well, why aren't you doing something about it? We gotta lighten up. We're 17. You think it's just a game? I think you're scared just like the rest of us. I've seen you fight. I've seen you not quit. Can you give me a great effort and just a little bit more? Can we be perfect? So let's take care of it! One day when you look back at this time, I dare you to beat it. I dare you. All right. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Not the TV show. No. From the year 2004. What'd you think? Still holds up? For me, personally? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. I'm curious, and I'm also curious if that's why it maybe didn't hit as high in the poll. Is this a movie that's somewhat been overshadowed? Is this the rare case where the TV show has kind of overtaken the consciousness around this movie? I fully agree. I feel like it was a big deal when it came out, and nobody really talks about it anymore at all. It is all in relation to the TV show. I would I will give you that because a, a while back I remember listening to Connie Britton talk to somebody and she said, you know, people say all the time now like you guys should do a movie and I'm, I have to remind them like I was in the movie <laughs> that this show came from. Right. I was the the coach's wife in that movie. I just had crazy crazy eighties hair. And now I'm the coach's wife I, in this I had crazy 80s hair and barely any lines. They only let me do one scene, right. basically. Right. Yeah. But the only way you... If you want to do a movie, that's great. But, like, you could give me... And no, no disrespect to Billy Bob Thornton. You could give me the same movie. Just make Kyle Chandler coach Gaines, and I'm I'm all in. What do you need? I don't have much, but I can give you a little bit to get it started. You know? Okay. You know? Put that Patreon up. I'll support it. You know? Peter Berg, what are you doing? Pete Berg. Pete Berg. He's busy. He's he is. Partying with Marky Mark. Making you want to talk about Pete Berg for a minute? Sure, we so can. Good a place as any to start. Hey, you know what? Because there was a thing when I started looking at this movie on IMDb, and it was like a minute 32 guide to Peter Berg movies. And I was like... Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I was at work. <laughs> You're like, I think I got it. I, I, I got I mean, I get it, bro. yeah. Okay. You know? So, and I do, I do want to bring this up. Story. Because... As we'll discuss with his filmography, uh, I'm not a huge Pete Berg guy. Right. Okay. I think this is inarguably his best movie. But, okay, real quick. He he starts with Very Bad Things, which is the epitome of like a late 90s cynical indie right. comedy, dark comedy, that when I was younger, I thought was like some of the coolest shit ever. And with any distance or like aging up, it's just like... It's it's nothing. It's like completely forgettable. It's mm-hmm. not a particularly great movie. He has the rundown in two thousand three. Oh yeah, which arguably will argue kickstarts <clears throat> Rock's career. Yes, 
good movie, holds up, and fairly traditionally shot. Like, it's, it's, it's in the vein of current modern action movies. It's not reinventing the wheel when it comes out. There are that. some establishing things that I don't think you have seen before. Just the way that he's doing the fighting, the rock himself, especially some of the scenes where he's the scene where he fights with Ernie Reyes Jr. But like on the whole, it's also something that's kind of Indiana Jones adjacent, jungle like excursion adjacent, but essentially its own thing. Now, could it have been ripped from a Spencer Confidential novel? I don't know. Could it have been something ripped from somewhere else? No idea. But again, you got heavyweights in there and before this, we only heard The Rock speaking Egyptian on screen. We had no idea that, like, oh, this guy can can do this, too. Right. And it's still one of my favorite movies he's in. Like, it's it works. I watch it every couple of years and just like, this is just fun. It's just a good movie. Like, they don't it's just funny. make... You don't get these random, one-off, one-and-done, and we're out things anymore. Because everything's got to have a sequel or a TV show, like, baked into it somewhere. And that's what I can appreciate about the rundown, at least. And, you know... And I'm and then at the time, this movie Friday Night Lights, because I don't think anybody was like, oh, well, we'll make a TV show out of this, because the TV show doesn't come for what another like six, seven years down the road. Um, it's 2011, isn't it? No, it's just two years later. It is. They very early were like, huh? Let's do this. Which in my in my memory at the time, because my experience with the TV show was, I watched it the night it premiered. This was back when like I would watch stuff on. You know, when it when there was appointment television still. Right. Um, and I watched it. And the the pilot, for anybody who's watched that TV show, is very much like the first 25 minutes of this movie. Right. And like an idiot kid, essentially, I was like, well, they just, they just rehashed the movie. Like, why do I want to watch? Right. Why do I want to watch a like lesser than version of the movie that I really, really like? And so, I didn't continue with it. Now, years later, I finally went back and watched it. And I'm like, oh, this is why you stick around and explore all of this. Because now, when you go back to this movie, my my one criticism, if anything, is it's juggling a lot. Right. And in juggling a handful of supporting characters, it may be, and we'll talk about some of this as connected to the production but some of the ways i think you would have tackled making this if they did it now which is why you know you're saying i'd like to see one with kyle chandler um obviously that would just like confuse everything with like the narrative of the show and right. the timeline that's established in there but if they wanted to go back and tell this season a little more akin to apparently stuff that's in the book that and that maybe explores a little more deeply the but book, if I'm not mistaken, like, is more about like what what small town football in Texas does to people, and not so much that, like a. And, and I feel like this movie has those elements and those yes. overall themes. Oh, it's all over the but place. Yeah, could theoretically go so much deeper into them, and that was why that this was a good thing to make a show out of that right. you could expand on and go long form. Right, and I feel like the show did a lot more work in that direction that you can't fit into a two-hour movie right but that's why and and again i think that's why this movie functions to me as again a better a better story in terms of like what it means for football what it means for fandom what it means for the people who live it because while 
Remember, the Titans is a very nice story. It happened in the 70s, and it's kind of just, or the whenever it happened, yeah, the 70s. It's late 60s, isn't it? Late 60s, early 70s. 71, 1971. You watched it, it recently. That's right. Yeah, I believe it's I 71. It. Yeah. But, like, it, it's not relevant. Now, granted, this movie takes place in 88, but with what it shows you, it could have been 98, 2008, 2018. Because Very it's, much so. it's not over-stylized to the point that it's like we're trying to throw you and remind you it's the 80s because there's there's a, there's a few things that like definitely, oh yeah, okay, this is the 80s. Let's remember this. There's some needle drops, but in general, there's also the, the, the cliche, if you will, of like, well, the Midwest is just like 20 years behind everything, like fashion-wise. So it's like everybody just kind of perpetually look, you know, they're wearing cow, you know. Yeah. They're wearing denim and like flannel shirts and t-shirts. Right. Or like cowboy boots and like halter tops and stuff. Like that's what people but, are wearing. But the thing, the thing to and me. And you got the big hair, of course. Of course. definitely signifies yes. 80s more so right. than anything. And you got the black Adidas. You got the high top fades. You got the jacket, all that. But so like my experience with this is that I went with three guys in my high school their senior year when it came out who played the game. And I didn't. Never played organized football at all. Mm-hmm. Okay? Same here. And within the first 10 minutes of the movie, like, or actually, I'm going to say the first 10 minutes, within the first, like, scene of playing football, and they're going crazy, I'm like, fuck, man, I should have played football at school. Because, mm-hmm. and mind you, our rinky-dink private school would have not been anything remotely related to that level of football that's in Texas. The right. best schools here in the biggest divisions are, they would get killed by, you know, the right. same the same rank in Texas because it is fucking religion there. People can say it's religion here. That's fine. It very well could be. I would argue college is more religion here. But yes. high school football is the thing in Texas. It just, it is. And you can say that because... Texas teams don't really win anything when it comes to college stuff. <laughs> let's be let's be honest. The last big person they had come out of there to do anything, Robert Griffin the third from Baylor. Who's he play for now? If he's even in the league, he's a back. He's a third string. You know, it is what it is. So that's why it's all about college. Just go ahead and trash the biggest state in the. You want to alienate all those listeners? Yeah, the three people we have in, in like. Deep West Texas, just like out there listening on their ham radio. They're all in Austin and they don't watch football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, I mean, but I mean, that's where the Longhorns are and they're coming over to our conference. So what does that tell you? Yeah, there you go. It doesn't tell me anything Nothing. because you're essentially speaking Greek to me right, right. now. Right. So but, recently, yeah. two schools that are way out in the West, technically, have decided. Are coming into the Eastern Conference. They want to come into the Southeast Conference. Now, I'll argue that Austin, Texas could probably, you could argue, Southeastern Conference, maybe. I guess the middle, the midline is maybe Dallas, I guess. I don't know. I don't know my geography with Texas. I just know that it's like a day and a half to drive through the middle of it. So when you see those shots of like, there's a town, there's a football field, and there's nothing for miles, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. We've established that this is all there is here, you know? Yeah. And so watching it with these guys, I'm like, damn, dude, like, did I miss something by not, like, having that connection of, like, small-town football playing? And ultimately, no, I didn't. I'm Mm -hmm. glad I didn't play. Thank God. Yeah. Because one of the things that I 
didn't really pick up on the first time watching it and the second time I watched it, because I've only watched like a handful of times. This is probably my fourth or fifth actually watching it for like discussion. But you're a huge fan of the show, correct? I am. I've never finished it and I don't think I will. Yes, we've talked about that. But you, you were back on the train of the show, I think, before I had even started watching it. I didn't watch the show at all. Or maybe we until were right it until time. it had come back, it got saved from cancellation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Netflix put it up, and I was like, "Well, let me just give this a shot." And then, of course, that I was see right. T- I, whenever yeah. it first dropped on Netflix, yeah. and there was kind of like the reassessment of yeah. it, and people catching it for the first time, I think that is when I dove in. Well, and the thing that the show has that the movie doesn't is Tim Riggins. I mean, I argue he's there. I mean, obviously, but, but Tim Riggins is Tim is, try, is the model for that character, right? But, but again, the show gets to give depth. That's the that's Well, the to me, Tim Riggins is the guy that comes up with the baby and wants the picture. I know that there's there's okay. more. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. there's more to that. But that's who Tim Riggins becomes. I don't know what happens to him in the show. I've never finished it. But I will argue that like that is what you're gonna get. You're that's that that you either have you have so many depictions of like what this does to people. You have the guys that like they played and they didn't win. So they're like big business owners and they put a lot of money into the football team or they're like a sheriff or a cop. And you got the guys that won and they get to wear that ring and that's about all they got. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so that's the, and that's the thing I was looking at this time around of like, okay. And it does get a little hammy because when they're out shooting and Jay Hernandez has to be like, we're 17. Ease up. I'm like, bro, you don't have to fucking tell us, like, <laughs> you guys are young. I know Garrett Hudlman's like fucking 30 years old right now, okay? He's the oldest of probably right. all of you. Lucas Black has been doing this for a while. Yeah. Okay? Like Lucas Black definitely looks the most youthful. He does, though. And that was what I was amazed at, because I was like, literally, he looks older in Tokyo Drift, which is like two years before this, or a year before this. He looks 10 times older. And yet, here, he looks like, you know, 17, 18. Is it 2003? I thought Tokyo Drift was after this. No, it's it may have come out after this, but it was. I feel like it was shot beforehand. Okay, we don't have to go into all that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but sorry, I... Continue. Well, yeah. no, and, and, but, and ultimately where it builds to, because, again, the group of guys I saw it with, we all had watched Remember the Titans. Right. And, again, Remember the Titans is the blueprint for... This is an amazing story. Can you believe it? Yes, it happened. Oh, great. And then, you know, when you look at it, it does kind of have the rope pulled up underneath it. And so watching it the first time in the theater, again, nobody in that theater knew anything about that team and what that story is. Because why would you? Unless you exactly. follow, unless you happen to read this book. Right. Which had been out for a bit. Or you were a transplant or, from Texas with the yeah. military in some period. Yeah, just, or yeah. you just for some random reason were super into Texas high school football. Right. Why would you know this story? Right. Yeah. And so when you find out what ultimately happens at the end, which I don't know if you want to spoil it now or, you know, later. I mean, might as well. It's history, bro. Right. So essentially <laughs> when you're watching this movie history, and you're watching all of like what this team has gone through having to go through everything they're going through, like just the imposing like other team they have to play for them to be right there at the last second. And then just to get their fucking teeth kicked in and they don't win. It's a crusher. 
And then at the very end, you say, oh, yeah, next year, they won the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And you're like, well, motherfucker, that's the story I wanted to see. And then when you finally walk out of the theater, you're like, no, that's the story I needed to see. That's the thing I needed to watch. I needed to see that because there are guys, there are guys, those three we followed, that's it for them, you know? Yeah. Which, did you do any research about this one with, like, what, with actually what happened with, like, Oh yeah, if you want to go into Chavez's yeah. whole thing, yeah. we can. We can. We can do that later. It's not a big <laughs> deal. But it but it is it is that thing of like, you know, I think the only difference is he doesn't he played offense, he didn't play defense. They they put him on the defense. But you need that because you have the big guy, Ivory Christian, who is huge and like, you know, he's you know, stoic gentle not gentle giant but like just quiet giant like he's just yeah. but whenever he's looking like there's some big boys, you're like, "Oh shit, even this guy's like, <laughs> oh, all right, I don't know what. Well, we'll yeah. let's get it done. But you know, and it's just there is, and then you got Derek Luke, Booby Miles, and just that whole. Because before this, the big thing you had was, oh my God, Paul Walker, the quarterback, went down. No, and like Vanderbeek has to come off the bench and like right. save the day. Well, and that's the other thing with varsity blues is it's stuck between trying to do this kind of because it's it's loosely kind of a ripoff of the Friday Night Lights story, right? Like, it's kind of riffing on Bissinger's book, but just, you know, taking elements of it. But the coach is insane. Right. And And then it's also baked in with this, like, it's trying to also be like American Pie or be like a, like, teen sex comedy. So it has this, like, that stuff mixed in there. Right. And, like, you know, the little brother trying to start a cult and, like, all that shit where it's just, like, this is a bikini. little bit. This is a little bit of a mismatch where it's like, it worked for a certain like. It was more to me. It was more geared towards kids, whereas this, even though it was R rated, right. And this, I felt like, oddly, was more adult, right. Even in being PG thirteen, even right. though there's some stuff in here where you're like, they could have just gone ahead and cranked it up to an R, and I, but obviously the movie probably would have been far less financially successful, right. So, um, but yeah, uh, you were bleeding off of a point of varsity blues though. Like, yeah, that's what people had was right. You had that and it's like, Oh no, it's so terrible. And like, that's a thing. But then to see, and I mean, I don't know if he gets enough credit. I know he was the one that like, he was going to an audition with a buddy and they found him for Antoine Fisher. Or was that the guy from finding Forrester that he was just going to an audition for, his friend was going to audition for Finding Forrester, and they said, well, what about you? And he just did it, and they were like, we'd, we'd like you to be the guy. I'm not familiar with either of those stories, but I feel like that is a common thing that happens with a lot of like actors in general. I, it was either for Antoine Fisher first time stories with like Derek Luke or but, or the kid from Finding Forrester. I can't remember. but like Antoine Fisher is his debut film right he had been he had done a little bit of tv work i think right moesha and something else Mm -hmm. and that's still what a knockout dude yeah debut performance and then he leads right into this This is the following year right so i'm already he to me of the kids so i of course have an attachment to lucas black from sling blade right and you know maybe didn't even hit me at the time that much that it's like, oh, it's Billy Bob and Lucas. No, Black. you don't like, think back about together it. You just again. don't. That, did, that wasn't really a factor for me then, but I had a natural attachment to Lucas Black. I didn't know 
Garrett Hedlund and all hadn't seen him in anything. Jay Hernandez has done crazy beautiful at this point, right? When was Hostel? That's 2005. So it's after it's this. After this. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. But he'd done crazy beautiful. Yes, with uh, Chris Kirsten Dunst, right? Yes. Yes. And he. I forget a, about that movie. He'd been around. Um, yeah. And a few things, but and he's not really a. He's one of those. He's like the. Uh, excuse me, the Antonio Sabato Jr. In the big hit, if you will, where I'm like, how does he get billing this high? Like, he's barely in this movie. Right. And he barely has any lines. And, like, yes, he's a name and shown player, and they have a few scenes with him, but I feel like it's Lucas Black, Garrett Hedlund, and Derek Luke are your main, yeah. like, player focuses. It's those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, they have the most to lose. They always tell you upright, like, so, Chavo's out of here. He's gone. And then, of course, um, the late, oh, my gosh, I don't want to, it's a three-part name. I don't want to fuck him up. And he's deceased, unfortunately. So, who are we talking about? Lee Thompson Young. Oh yeah, yeah. I of Jet course Jackson. love from Famous Jet Jackson. So seeing him as kind of like one of the bumbling players and everything, I was like, who gets to shine? Yeah, that was exciting. But I was already like, this Derek Luke guy is like the next thing. So seeing him in this would just further compatible. I was like, he's one of the best actors working right now, and I feel like he never like. I know he's worked consistently, mm-hmm. but I feel like he may be stuck in. He got pigeonholed a little bit in the sports realm. Yeah, because I, I know see that. he did. Didn't he do another football one? Is he the Express? Well, he did Glory Road basketball, the basketball one, which was just okay, uh-huh. or whatever. But then there's another one, is there not? It's not the Express, is it? Or Brian Song? Did he do the remake of Brian Song? I don't think so. I don't know which one I'm thinking of, but. Oh, yeah, in the same year as this, he had Spartan with Val Kilmer, the David Mamet movie. Yeah. Which is really, really good. Um, and, yeah, and I just, anyways, I was looking through his filmography, and I'm like, he made great choices in terms of, like, people to work with and shit. I mean, he does a fucking Robert Redford movie. He does a Spike Lee movie. And it's just the movies that he collaborates with what, these, like, huge people on. What movie? What Spike Lee movie? He was in Miracle at St. Anne. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay. And the only kind of like late period one that I'm aware of and really remember at all is Notorious, where he plays Puff Dad. What about Captain America? He's, again, small part. I'm saying it was yeah. nice to see him in there. Yeah, no, I was excited when I saw him in that. And then, so I'm sitting here going like, well, what happened to him? And it's going to be a, a common story when I talk about Lucas Black here in a second. But, oh, come to find out. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, which I don't watch, which is a huge fucking Netflix show. He's been in 27 episodes of it, Derek Luke. And he's also one of the leads in the Purge TV series. That oh, shit. Was, that ran in uh, 2019. And it's like, yep, everybody just... Everybody who was in these great movies is going to TV because TV, TV is, is TV. matched up with that. Lucas yeah. Black, you know, I was looking at him, I'm like, Ludman Sling Blade, some great early like childhood performances... It seems like the Fast franchise in general, like, people are kind of down on him. I, You and I talked about it on our franchise recap. We always kind of thought, like, fuck, Sean this, is one of my fuck this Scott Eastwood idea. Put Sean eight. back in that bitch. Like, you should have brought him back in. If you wanted to have any kind of, like, Brian-esque energy that wouldn't upset the fans too much, that's what you should have done. Mm-hmm. Anyways, always had a soft spot for Lucas Black. He has a little bit of a resurgence after this. He's in Jarhead, fairly memorable performance. Oh, yeah, dude, he was great in Jarhead. Um, 
And same thing. And I in my head, I was just like, I haven't seen him in a while, man. And you're like, oh, wait, he's on NCIS And then I'm like, oh, he's been collecting a fucking giant paycheck for like years now. You don't know where he's at, giant but network dad game. has been watching it's, him for that's years. That's what I'm saying. Because like, dad fucking loves inevitably, that Inevitably, all of these guys, if you are of a certain caliber, you have like a couple decent film credits to your name, you can get on one of these network shows and just, just chill for years pay those pay those bills i, I respect buy that second house yeah 100 buy that second Get house fucking chill money, out dude. and if yes. you want to they can bring you a script for you to read to go shoot when you're on hiatus but right. otherwise you can sit back and collect yeah it's in your contract you can do it but you're not gonna go chasing it they're gonna give it to you first and that's but again that's what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for one more like Big one to see if they're like, you know what? I want to do this movie thing again. I'm, I'm going to do movies again. or if, And if they just want to fucking chill out in TV, that's perfectly fine, too. Yeah. The money's all the same. It's not a big deal. Okay. Other other big perform. We'll get to Billy Bob. Yeah. But the other big one, I feel like, outside of Derek Luke and this, that is a huge takeaway for a lot of people. At the time, I don't know that it ever quite had the follow-through. Um, but it's Tim McGraw. Oh, yeah. At the and I think it holds up as a pretty solid just performance in general. It's it's hard to separate. Are we saying it's so good just because oh he's not really an actor and that's why we like give it props, or is it genuinely he like makes that character work and like it's a good performance? And I've seen it a couple times now. I think he's genuinely really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, think he's on the short list. The other one is also from Sling Blade, but I was going to say, he's on the short list of like country musicians turned actors. He's up there. Yeah, you got Jerry Reed, you got Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> and you got... Dwight Yoakam and Sling Blade and Panic Room combined, I think, takes the cake. What about Crank? I mean, that too. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Did you watch Cry Macho yet? No, I need you to. You haven't cried Macho yet? I watched, I started, I started it. I haven't watched it either, but I know Yoakam is in there. I think Yoakam is super strong. Um... Let's think about this for a second. Willie Nelson, I don't really count. Willie Nelson's Willie Nelson. You know right. What I'm saying he's just he he's will. just Willie Nelson. He's not. I wouldn't peg him as country or anything. He's just Willie Nelson. He's his own thing. Yeah. So, but can you think of another? Am I? Is there one we're forgetting here? Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's got. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else is like a magnified country because I know like. I don't or just tried to make the transition. I think. Guess we hit them all. I don't yeah, know. I feel like I'm blanking on. Something is it? It's Toby stuff. Keith. Beer for my horses. You're thinking <laughs> that? Yeah, my bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, my mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude. So I think no, Tim McGraw is super solid. Yeah, and I do. A, and a it, big thing for people inter- at the time. I and he's in Blindside too, right? Right. He's the dad <laughs> right. of Blindside. Yeah. And well, that's the thing with this, and that's the one thing I remember reading was like, that, like, I gotta come back and play a good dad. <laughs> yeah, I could be a good dad because he is a piece of shit in this movie. Gaines, in real life, in real life, Gaines has gone on records like I would never let a a father, much less anybody, but much less some kid's father, act and treat him the way he's portrayed in the film on my football field. Right. Like if they're in the parking lot, it's not my business. But you don't do that on my football field. Right. So that's and the I, one little bit that I'm like, but it plays into that whole thing of like, technically they're like, okay, this is the second year of this. It's really his third year. No big deal. 
He's still new. He's still not established enough for people to be like, well, we're going to ride with you. It's very easy for him because they make a comment like, well, he makes just a little bit more than the principal does, doesn't he? You know, mm-hmm. and you're like, that should tell you everything you need to know right there. And then the one phone call after the loss, we're like, I think they're teaching them too much in the schools these days. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. You know exactly what this town is. They don't need to show you everybody like gone to the game, gone to the game, gone to the game. You know what this town is. You may feel like your town you are from anywhere else is like this, but it isn't. Right. There's exactly. bits and pieces of it, but it ain't really that. Because I would think about, you know. We the high school we went to it wasn't high school the school we went to, mm-hmm. um, me personally from second to twelfth grade, me from the fourth. majority of football games as a kid were spent dicking around with your friends around the stadium like nobody right. was invested in what was like going on and there's always a contingent of that even in the midst of the people who are like oh it's Friday night this is the thing to go do right in our town. There, only thing I will argue is that we came up before cell phones, because yeah. once cell phones happen, and I saw it when I was like senior year, kind of trickling that like it was fading and fading. But what I did see, what I did notice, because I've gone to like two or three since I graduated, there is still the weird same core of people. Like before Danny Sweeney's dad passed away, he was like always up there on Friday nights. Uh-huh. None of his kids went there anymore. It was his wife's school that she, you know, worked at. But he was always up there with the same old group of old guys. Yeah. Watching it, talking about him, you know. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they did win a state championship after I graduated. I believe so. Like yeah. 2010, 2012? I think so. Yeah. So they know what that, like, that adulation is like. Because I listen. It's a weird thing I do. Friday nights, usually, I'll get off work, go home, and I'll probably order, like, usually order pizza or something like that. And I'll listen to the call-in show. That's basically the guys that do that. They're just talking high school football scores. And I one of the most brutal scenes in this movie. The ride home where Coach is taking home Mike. And they're literally just like both of them are sitting in silence as they're right. just like getting eviscerated. By again, you're like a bunch of fucking has-beens or never was from the same Exactly. Town who have nothing better to do but talk shit about the current right. team. Anyways, sorry. Well, could, no, could, and that's true because it does hit you. Like I, I mentioned earlier, the guy that wants a picture, he's just like, "Get you, get you one, get you one of these." And it's like, okay, great, but like maybe they ought to get themselves an education so yeah. that they don't have to come back here. Yeah. You know, and as maybe we, could, they ought to have any other sort of aspiration right. outside of this. You know, and I think that's what that's the thing of like like there's a there's a for all the shittiness that like. Um, Tim McGraw is to Garrett Hedlum. It's like when you get the end payoff of like they've just gotten defeated on the biggest stage and he they're just crying, bawling their eyes out and his dad comes up and puts the ring that he's thrown away on that ride and home. Somehow went back and found it. Well, no, Garrett Hedlum finds it. He finds it like... He does find it in that right, moment? Right there. He finds it there. Okay. And he keeps it and gives it back to him. And that's why he has it to give to him. And so for him to come up and be like, uh-uh, and just put the ring on him, well, that's all that needs to be said. That relationship in real life was mended. But, like, you know, like, whatever happens, they're good. And whether we need them to be good or not, it's neither here nor there. You you get that there. 
Right. Because you have early on in that first loss where they couldn't get it done, and it's what makes them have to go to the three-way tie, which is ridiculous that like it all comes down to a fucking coin toss. But it that's true. It actually happened in real life. Right. The only difference is they didn't let any... They didn't tell them where it was until the last minute, and it was just coaches. Like, literally, the team was coming back from a game, and they had the coach, the main coach and his assistant had to drive and leave and go do it. Um, but that loss, you, again, Lucas, Lucas Black, fucking perfect. He's just, he's bawling his eyes out. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I lost to Bjorn. It's like, that to me is a perfect note of like the pressure of what this does to a, a young adolescent from just the pressure again. So then you take that pressure, you put it on Billingsley, but then you have your dad who was, who has a ring, who was the shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have that pressure. Then you have Chavo. Who's like, I, who could, I could give a shit about this. Like I'm out of here. Like I got the grades. Right. I'm going to be gone, but I'm here for my boy. I'm not going to quit on my boys. I'm doing this because of them. And then you have Booby miles who was that town, that team's entire hope. And the only difference, again, we've talked about differences, there was not an actual game that he got hurt in. It was a preseason scrimmage that he got hurt in. And it's one of those things where, you know, it was so weird to, like, when this came out on DVD, I remember getting it and watching interviews with people. And the whole crux of that movie is, you want to win, put Booby in. And then he gets hurt and it's like well we're nothing why'd he put him in he's got you know we're up by 40 points what the hell right. we're nothing we're gonna lose and to hear these guys talk about it, it's like yeah you know he went down it's pretty bad but you know we had to keep going it's like they could care less they're re- now granted they're removed from it and they know what a big a deal it was but it's like that's one of one of my favorite details and i think a pretty bold thing is the reactions that billy bob thornton has in those moments i I think top to bottom, brilliant performance from him, and one that ages like a fine wine. And see, I didn't, you, like, I didn't pick up on any of that till this rewatch. The, the more you watch it, but like, the, yeah, no, there's moment when he goes down on the sidelines where he's like, he's out. Is that a knee? Like, it's all, it's all framed around. But no, from my perspective, like, I can't get involved with the emotionality of what just happened to this kid. I got to stay in the game, et cetera, or whatever. So much. So the second time he goes down, he's just like, he's done. And they're right back into, like, strategizing. Right. And there is this attitude of, like, they don't seem to, like, you know, that it's win at all costs. Because right. Because he's under his own fucking pressure. Right. From the town. And it's, like, it's all just a pressure cooker mm-hmm. for all of them. But. Well, I think the pressure cooker you're talking about, that leads to, we can we can talk back to that. So, we, we've talked about, like, in, and this is in real life. It has nothing to do with the movie. Real life, Chavez left. Went to school up in the Northeast, became a lawyer, and eventually moved back to Odessa. And recently, not re- recently, like whenever the trivia thing, I remember what year it was, essentially went to a football game there, and uh, I believe they said the team lost, and he went to the house party that everybody was at afterwards and started fighting people, and the main reason was apparently that his... um ex-girlfriend was involved with his no his girlfriend at the time it was her ex-boyfriend was called had Uh was calling and talking shit to her on the phone and the point that like he a lawyer who's left this town who's now back in it after a football game on friday night is fighting with people he's a grown man now 
Right. He's one of these dudes that are still sitting around town. He's become mm-hmm. the thing he tried to not have happen to him. And it is just a test of like the fucking hold that football has on that town and those people. Yeah. And that's just one town in West Texas. Excuse me, in West Texas. So if it's that big for them, because that's the thing they don't tell you. is like that stadium they played at, like two other high schools used it as well mm-hmm. from other areas. They had to travel. They were traveling to play there. And so, and the thing that like, I think was shocking watching it the first time to anybody who's never been keyed into that is like the reporting, the news, players that are 17, 18 years old talking about like what they can do. Like it fucking matters. Like they're not getting paid. Right. They're, it's essentially, you know. The, A giant audition stage. Right. For college where they will also not be paid except under the table, which totally happens. And until now, then hopefully survive long enough to secure a, an, NF, an, an NFL, NFL contract. Yeah. yeah. And that is also, you know, the movie constantly balances the reality of it. And that's why I love in the final like speech and everything. He's just like, um, yeah. So reality, like most of you are never going to play again after these next two quarters. Like you're never going to play this game again in mm-hmm. your life. Period. Um, it's just like, yeah, because out of all of this, out of the this high level of performance or whatever, you can have somebody like a naturally talented Booby Miles who blows out his knee. Mm-hmm. And like Or you can have a Chris Comer who So did he I didn't go into any research on this. He was injured preseason. Did was there a point where he, they tried to bring him back in? I, later in the season and he fucked it up worse i don't i don't know i, I couldn't figure that out i do I mean, know that those like basically are, that's something i wish the movie dwelled in a bit more and again i was saying if you did it now one of the details i read was like in the book there's a lot more um details on the racism that some of the black players faced right and the school basically said, you can use our facilities and our name and like our imagery and everything, but you got to cut that shit out. Right. Because we don't want that to be our image, even though, by all accounts, that's the reality. Like, fuck your image. That's the reason, like, you have that reputation is clearly because that's how people were behaving at the time. Right. So, I think that's something, you get... A very light hint of it, this casual racism at one of the, like, what seems like a donor dinner sort of thing early on in the movie, mm-hmm. where she says he's not going to break, um, that yeah. random woman or whatever. And it's so tossed up, but, like, again, it's Billy Bob plays so much on his face yes. throughout this entire movie. One of my favorite moments of acting on his part is after he has talked with the, um, you know, the medic or whatever, right after Booby goes down, after they've won this game, 42 to 7, and he goes in there and he has to whip up the, like, enthusiasm. He's going to he, be okay. He He'll be back in a week. to them immediately. Right. And then, you know, puts on a smiling face, pretty much in, like, a one or if I'm not mistaken, it's probably chopped up because Peter Bird can't help but keep cutting every two seconds. Right. But um, eventually he does... He does the perfect like walk out where you see the his team's face behind fall, him, but his face, face is fall, done, yeah. and you're yeah. just like, oh yeah, he's shitting bricks right now. <laughs> like right. he knows he's fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think he keeps it pretty 
grounded and subtle the whole time through. There were some details in the um, about like the final speech is written, but then embellished and improved on, and it feels very off the cuff. It feels very natural. Because apparently a friend of his fucked him over the yeah, night before. Yeah, that's the whole thing about, like, can you look your friend... When you hear that, you're like, okay, he really just, like... Was this a giant, like, fuck you to, like, a good friend of his? Right. Like, it really wasn't about football? But, yeah, the whole sentiment of that in part is, like, can you look your friends in the eye and tell them that you told them the truth? <laughs> and the truth was that you didn't let them down, that you did your best, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm like, who's that friend, bro? Yeah. Fucked him over, man. I want to know. Um... I mentioned it earlier. It's probably uh, John Cusack. <laughs> You're nuts, Riverdance! <laughs> pushing 10, part 2. Yes. Pushing 20. <laughs> More like pushing 60 now, eh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think they're both in their 60s. Probably. Is that right? I don't know. Um, in rewatching it, again, to our time constraints, I do, like I said, Chavez is kind of there and not there. Headland, I think we get the best emotional payoff for. Mike's Mike is more of like an internal character. That's kind of his I the stoic quarterback and everything. I like all that stuff. The the relationship to the mom and her issues is very vague. Right. Very vague. Did you find any details about like what was actually going on there? Or is that more of a dramatic invention for the movie to kind of give him I think some it's more, kind of yeah. stakes? Right. I think it is that. Something I think it's escape, embellished well, well, that, but it's also to balance like the idea that like, you know, everybody else had, with the exception of Booby, everybody else has a family that has two parental units. And Mike is literally just, it's his mom. He does call to ask someone. He's like, You're, she's your mom too. Like football starting. I've got to do this and that. And you have the scene where they're talking about colleges and she's like, if you're offering, he'll take it right now. And it's like, whoa. And you do get a lot of that with Matt Saracen in the, the show. That's like, that's functioned in and like his dad dying and whatnot. Yeah. And all that, that's a whole thing. And I can appreciate that for what it is. And I do appreciate that the show does the booby miles thing to the quarterback first episode. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. That's the only reason I stuck around. And then I was like, I fucking love these people. I'll spend five oh, yeah, seasons with absolutely. them. And then fucking Michael B. Jordan shows up later, and you're like, oh, my God. Well, and that's when I feel like it is a bit of a make good on some of like Because you don't really have a a black lead in that show for the first, what, three seasons? Well, you have the, one, it, you have the one black kid that's like, is it running back, is he? Is that's the first season, and then he kind of is gone? Yeah. The, I'm, yes, it's been a while since I've seen yeah. it. But Smash something, I think it's Smash, it? yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I do, I feel like I remember the show delving a little more into like the racial dynamics do, and like yeah. that aspect, which I, obviously, like I said, it's hinted at in the movie, as are a lot of things. And I think it's, it's a well-textured movie, it's very vibey. We haven't even talked about the soundtrack, Explosions in the Sky. Absolutely love them. Fucking that's perfect. the, I mean, that's. I feel like at the time, for me personally, that was the biggest takeaway. Is I discovered that band from this movie. Did you Did you read um, about like how they were able to check it out and everything? Yeah, before one neat. of their sets. That's yeah, very cool. they were able to go watch it and come back. Yeah. yeah. So, what? Anything else we haven't really? 
No, I mean, bits. well, I, the, well geni- before- the shooting of it, how they shoot the actual yes. football scenes, to me, is one of the, I mean, again, I haven't seen any given Sunday. And there are obviously harder hitting, more in-depth stuff when you get to, like, the Longest Yard remake. And even in Grid, excuse me, Gridiron Gang that nobody cared about. It's probably Exhibit. Exhibit's probably what's keeping people from wanting to watch Gridiron Gang. Because The Rock is fine. But, um... There are maybe some more stylized and like brute the like the ferocity of football probably is amped up as you get up in years, but I just remember watching that with my friends and I'm looking at this theater screen and all of a sudden from the right side of the screen I see just a body in the air, flying over something mm-hmm. to come in and make a tackle and I'm like, I didn't see this person leave. I don't know who it is. It's probably just an extra. No, nobody of name or importance. But they're just flying in here like out of nowhere and taking these guys out. And it's like, you know, the practice is brutal. The The games are brutal. The level, the level, the of, level intensity, of intensity in the editing is definitely, it, it keeps you right. right there in the headspace the whole time. And Because you would think that like, if this is the way out and this is the thing they have to do, you would think that like normally this might be a thing where it's like, okay, it can slow down for people. It can be like, they've got all this shit going on, the pressure cooker and all that of like having to win. But when they get to get between the chalk, it's like a release and they can just like do this thing. But it's like, no, no, it's a fucking grinder. This is, you've got, it's like a, it's like a, Literally, a meat grinder turning, or like it's like a wood chipper, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go into the wood chipper because you know you're going to get ground up and spit out. But you have the pressure and everything else of the town and your family and your ideology and all this bullshit and whatnot forcing you and pushing you into this thing. You could recut this and make it a fucking horror movie, and it's literally just that like the the the, the high school football is a nightmare. For people who have to play it in this town. Here, you could do that if you want. I, I wanted to... No, I think that's a great idea. I wanted to touch on this earlier, but we kind of naturally built right back around to it. I think Pete Berg just took like all the wrong lessons. Because I think this shooting style is perfect for this material. Yes. But I think this essentially now there are some, became but, but he, his style. But he also did splice in actual game footage mm-hmm. from... Permian in that year, he matched it up to what he had available in terms of like costuming and whatnot. So there, are, there is some archival footage. Some of the stuff that may seem a little bit further back and removed, I imagine, not as intense, is probably archival footage that he's put that he found and was able to put in there. So I can appreciate that aspect. But you're right, like the way in little, which he shoots it and does it. A little it. bit after this, he does the Kingdom, which I feel like was the nadir of people being like, "Okay, this like shaky cam shit in our action movies has got to go." Right. And then Born like still kept it going for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but it, that was when people were starting to get burnt out on that style, a bit, mm-hmm. and you started to see it dial back. Hancock, which is an hour of a really good movie, right. Um, boy, sure you want to ride this train? And he's a little more, little more dials it back. Since then, I gotta be honest. I think I've completely checked out on my boy. Battleship never saw it. Got Taylor Kitsch in it. That gets a big thumbs up from Gavin. Okay, yep. Lone Survivor never seen it. Two big thumbs up from Gavin. Okay, uh, he directed some episodes of The Leftovers. So excuse me, I have seen those. Uh, some ballers. Okay, 
Deepwater Horizon. Meh. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting a meh from Gavin. Patriots Day. Meh as well. Mile 22. Meh. Okay, see. What's mile 22? That's Marky Mark and Uko from uh, The Raid, Malkovich. What are they Lauren doing Cohen. I don't know, dude. Is that one of those... T- a small team of elite American intelligence officers, part of a top-secret tactical command unit, try to smuggle a mysterious police officer with sensitive information out of Indonesia. Is that a true story? I don't think so. Oh, okay, never mind. Now maybe, maybe I'll watch it. Because, <laughs> listen, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like half of his, his, his more recent output is just like, oh, Mark wants to do the thing where he's the guy? I'll do it. Right. He, he's the cop from the, the, the Boston City bomb? Okay. He's the guy on the Excuse oil... Me. and Spencer Confidential being the most recent one. That was really good, dude. Like, you should watch Spencer I, Confidential. I attempted to. You should. I could not. Could not. <laughs> you should. Could not do it. I'm, I'm here for the dog races. Maybe dog races in Boston years. Uh-uh, not true. Look. See? It's like, there's a dog right here. Look at me. She's Pearl. She's my queen. Look at her. It's so fucking funny, dude. Okay. If you say so. Yeah. Come on, dude. What have you got? It, you got... What's his face from... Um, uh, us and uh, Winston Duke. Winston I'm not Duke. going to watch it. You oh, come on. Well, who's his? I watched like the first 15 minutes, dude. I could no. You got to let him get out of prison, Noah. Why is the movie got to be two and a half hours long? Because it's Pete Berg. <laughs> it's a love letter to Boston. Okay, come on. I just want to put this in your head. This won't mean nearly as much to you, I'm sure. You know who's supposed to direct this? No. Who? You looked at the trivia too, so you... No, I don't remember the name. Was it Michael Bay? <laughs> no. So, Alan J. Pakula was supposed to direct it before he died. Uh-huh. Okay. Who I'm is guessing that? that's shortly after the book came out. Pakula did like, um, like 70s thrillers and shit. There's some big ones. Hold on. Okay. I mean... Pakula did All the President's Men, Presumed Innocent, uh... Are all these like true Pelican brief? Are these like true life event things that happened? Like, no, I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, that, I get that, it. That, that one shouldn't mean anything to you. No, the other person who was going to do it right before Pete Berg took over, and he dropped out because there's some budgetary issues, I guess, with this iteration of the project. This was going to be a Richard Linklater movie. Okay. Now imagine the Richard Linklater adaptation of this book. The football is and a, that the filmmaking aspect of it is completely different. They might even but not the, even play a game, Noah. But the game, exactly. <laughs> there's no football. In they it might whatsoever. just be hanging out for two hours before the game starts. Yeah, but it's just the about the home, lights. The hometown, small town character study aspect, he would absolutely one hundred percent crushed. And I feel like I still want to see. The Richard Linklater version of this movie. I want to see the David Lynch version of this movie. I mean, I want to see the David Lynch version of every. Could you imagine if he did this, though? Like, just what it, like... I mean, obviously, Mike's mom is going to be like the log lady or somebody even crazy, (laughs) right? Well, the late, great Catherine Coulson is no longer with us, so... But, yeah. And Big Ed would be Billingsley's dad, obviously. Sure. Yeah, Garrett Hillman's dad. (laughs) See, I can call him. I, I got it sometimes. Yeah. I was thinking more, no, Hank, Norma's abusive husband yes. from yeah, prison, that works. not that Big works. Ed. Big Ed's a sweetheart. Yeah. Big Ed would be the Big coach. Ed, no, Big Ed would be the LV 
in the we didn't even talk about LV, dude. Oh yeah, Booby's uncle. Right, incredible. That guy's just like. I think I think he's from the area or whatever. Right, where you're just he's like, just there. No, that's just perfect casting. That just feels like one hundred percent that person. Right. And we didn't talk about. It. We don't have to go into it because I will probably get choked up. But the scene, similar similar parallel to the scene where Gaines has to keep it together in front of the kids, and then you see him like shitting bricks. Like I said, the scene where Booby goes in to say goodbye, take all of his stuff, clean his shit out. The interaction with the guys, and then the transition to coming back to the car and just completely breaking, breaking down, down dude. Yep. in front of his uncle is still, I think, one of those where you're just like, I just, I remember watching it in the theater and I was like, dude, Antoine Fisher was not a fluke. This guy is the real fucking deal. Like, I cannot wait to see what he does next. And the next thing was Biker Boys, which I like. You know, it's fucking Biker Boys. I'm more of but, a Torque fan than Biker Boys, but I get it. I used to have this debate with uh, Daniel Hauser. I, I don't know what her last name is now. I think she has since married, but in high Daniel school. Daniel Bouye? No, 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 no. That's a different person. Daniel Hauser. She was in my grade. Okay, Anyways. never mind. But no, we would we had a, a debate at one point over <laughs> Torque versus Biker Boys, and I was on the Torque side at the time. Because of Ice Cube, right? Well, yeah, and Adam Scott, obviously. Adam Scott's in that movie? Yeah, dude. Well, I didn't realize that. We should go back and watch it. But he's not also, really. He's, he's also trash. in like the fourth Hellraiser movie and and looks younger than, looks older in that fourth Hellraiser movie than any time he was on Parks and Rec. He's one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that that fucking scene crushes. It fucking kills. Like it's it is it is like that level of, of where he gets in that scene. That's what Gaines is talking about. He's like none of you know, not. That's what all of them are going to go through. Mm-hmm. Whether they want to or not, whether they have that much of visceral reaction, whether they cared as much, they're all going to do that in their own right of, I'm taking my stuff in the locker room. I'm never going to put on pads. I'm never going to go out on those lights. I'm never going to have people cheer for me. And what do I do? Am I going to let that be the best thing that, that ever happened to me? Or am I going to do something else to go on to a bigger and better thing? And, and the only we thing see that already, keeps that from like completely destroying you is when he shows back up to ride to the, to the state game with right. them, and he's on the sidelines, and then he's like helping coach, kind of. Like he's Billingsley, like they're Billingsley coming for you, like you need to wrap it up. Yeah, and of course he's there so that Gaines can reference him in the speech, and it's just like I want you to close your eyes and like think about Bobby Miles, which will just like destroy you if you're not already like right. on the verge of tears. You're that'll get you there and i haven't looked into much of what what i don't know what if anything he has done since in terms of any kind of because if you're making the parallel to like remember the titans Mm -hmm. when gary bertier did get paralyzed he did become sort of an advocate for paraplegic athletes i don't know what if anything booby miles did on that level the way everything ends in this one is just like they all went on to other jobs and then we're gonna yeah. leave it at that right basically just highlighting for you like yeah this is the fate of like 90 percent of kids who choose to play like organized sports anywhere at this and even get anywhere near this level this is what happens to most of them is they eventually are like yeah now i'm gonna go do something else of my life so maybe we shouldn't put all of our hopes and dreams and all of our own existential crisis bullshit onto 16 and 17 year old kids yeah 
But oh, you, don't that's trust me. That's the thing the, that's you know the... it's way earlier than that. That for some of these kids, it's yeah. Like, there was a when TV says, show that came out called Friday he, Night Tykes, Noah. Yeah, when he says to them, "Some of you boys are seniors, so you've been thinking about this for seventeen years." I'm like, that sounds ridiculous, but, but it's that 100% is true. the culture. That is the you come out of the womb and we're gonna put you in, you know, football, <laughs> football plaited kid pajamas or whatever. We're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, make you sleep with a football when mm-hmm. you're a kid. We're gonna literally force this onto you right thank god we had a boy yeah exactly well and that's the thing because like i've talked with this about people before but i still because they talk about it as like the gridiron and gladiators and stuff i still go back to the idea that like this sport on top of being inherently american is like the epitome of what the roman coliseum and the gladiator was at its time when when we you know thousands of years ago when Rome ruled the world, in so much as people had people they rooted for, they cheered for, they they you know did whatever. And okay, yeah, maybe it was a slave from a war that they lost, and now they're just going to do this till they die. Right, it's kind of morbid, but it is what it is. But you did have those who like, I really like this dude. I'm going to come watch him at the Coliseum. I want to watch him fuck people up. And we've evolved that to well, here's this this thing that's no bigger than a hundred yards, no wider than this. And we're going to put 12 guys on each side of a, of a, of a, an object. And the, the idea is move it till here, move it back and forth. It's very simple, but every it's dynamically, it's very simple. It's one of the only sports that takes two people to score, you know, basketball, you shoot the shot, whether you got a pass or not, you do baseball, you hit the home run football. Someone has to hand it to you. They have to throw it to you. So it's inherently a team-oriented thing. It is, And then he even says in the movie, like, well, I, you know, we, yeah, we built it around Booby, but there's a whole team. I don't think, you know, there's a whole team that can play this game and has to win. You have to, you have to, to play in that way. But to break it down to that simplicity and then to add in all these external factors that go into that, one of the reasons I love this movie is because I never get the feeling that, like, the pressure they feel off the field is affecting them there all that much. I get it as, like, they are doing the best they can. They're, you know, throwing everything, their bodies, hearts, minds, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, all that shit at it. And what happens, happens. And so when you get it, like, they were that close to winning everything. And then the blurb at the end of like, well, yeah, well, the next year they, you know, they did it. It was fine. It's like, fuck you, Peter Berg. But also thank you. Because yeah. I would not like this movie as much as I do if I got the 1989 Permian football season. Yeah. One, it's 88 going into 89. It's my birth year. I love it. But if I'd have gotten the 89-90 year. Probably... They already made that movie. It's called Remember the Titans. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What is, where's the dramatic interest See, that's the thing. Remember, the Titans has to throw in this whole, like, we're also going to be about the civil rights movement and race relations in America, and we're going to make a statement. Why? Because watching a team go 13-0 and is inherently uninteresting and boring. It really is. There's no dramatic tension to just watching a team fucking succeed for an entire season. Why would you want to see an undefeated season? 
only if it's because the new female owner is going to move the team from Cleveland somewhere else. That's the only reason you want to see them just dominate. Okay. You know, and every game they win, they get to peel a little piece off of their poster and reveal her naked body or whatever it is in Major League. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. There is nothing. There is, and this is the There's same no thing. dramatic tension. There's no reason to make that story. Right. And I mean. It doesn't leave any room to talk about the themes it's trying to. And that's right. the gene. That's. The borderline genius of the TV series is expanding on some of these things, and I think it takes it takes literally a thirty second scene from this movie and expands it into the entire core of the show, right. which is when they're leaving like Walmart or whatever, and Buddy Garrity, that's how I know him, who is also in this movie. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I don't know who he is he, in this movie, but he's Buddy, Buddy Garrity, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Rolls up and essentially implies, like, I'll be awful bad for you if, if y'all didn't win, etc. And then there's the moment of the daughter who's aged down, way down in this compared to the TV series. But she's just like, we're going to have to move again. And, like, there's a little bit of interaction between... And it's like, the show took that, this core family, mm-hmm. that, like, their life is centered around football. But, like, they actually have a dynamic that's independent from that. Mm-hmm. And just blew it out in a super interesting way. And they made Coach Taylor a little... He had a little bit more humor to him. That was the other key. Is like, Billy Bob is so like stoic and great and grounded in this. Mm-hmm. But the charm factor of Kyle Chandler is what makes Coach Taylor like... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, there's, a TV there's icon a, there's of the a, last couple I was watching, of decades. Yeah, again, they don't give Connie Britton anything to do. But and that's see, the other a, thing is it, it inherently gets that the following scene of that is when she's like, what about Alaska? And you're like, she's fucking crushing it, dude. They only give her like a couple lines, but her whole vibe, the way she's playing it is just like, she's great. She's great. And then you're like, it takes a couple more years for people to be like, well, it's just two years before the show. And this is like... I guess she's doing Friday Night Lights right around the same time as American Horror. Yeah, I think she's starting, yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, it's like, I was going to say, there's this scene where, I think it's the one where they do lose, and they're five and one or whatever, and like, he's going to talk to her. She's outside the fence. There are fucking people just being like, you suck, coach. But like, fucking berating this dude for fucking 16-year-old kids losing a, uh, an athletic competition, dude, and they're they taking t- it out on him. come home. And they have all the for sale signs on their lawn. I'm like, he lost one game. God damn. Right. Yeah. They were five and one in the district. Okay. That's the, and that's the thing. That's the thing that like, I don't think people understand. And it just proves to you that it doesn't matter if you go 13. Nobody gives a shit. That team in real life. And in that movie was five and one. And if, if any of those games were anywhere close you can't be mad at five and one. Why? There were two other teams at the same record as you. Right. They were I, incredible. I get that you, that you wanted to be fucking eight and zero, oh, but fucking have some uh, realistic expectations, Odessa. Like, what the fuck? You know, like it's like everybody now. Like people are like, oh, well, it's kind of funny. I guess people just assume that like Clemson would be good after their best quarterback in history left. It's like, well, that's good. They assume that, but like. You really think that it's just going to be, oh, whoever can play, he'll be fine? Right. So the fact that they've lost two games this season, I'm like, huh, reality set back in yet? You know? Yeah. But it, it, but that's the thing. There's always going to be that thing that, that you and I have never experienced. I've dabbled with, like I said earlier, possibly wondering if I should have, and ultimately deciding, no, I like the idea that I 
shooting photos instead of being out there. But there is probably some bit of glory somewhere, and it's always going to be there. Anybody who's ever played, like, you know, we were friends with Travis Ford when he was on, you know, we lived next door to him. So, like, watching him play for Carolina, and then that was it. Like, he used it to go on to make his career, and, you know, great. Mm -hmm. But there's something about it that, like, when he was playing high school football, I'm sure, and then playing on Carolina, there's something, just a twinge of that being like, you know what? This is fucking it. This is why I fucking sweated my ass off and, like, molded my body into what it is. And there's some tiny form of glory that does reach back to, like, the fucking gladiator thing I was talking about. That that's why there will always be kids that want to do that and want to play that game and want to deal with all that pressure and have all the stakes be as high as they can. And as long as they have clear eyes, full hearts, Noah, they can't lose. Because even if they lose, if their conscience is good and their their parts are pure, they've won. That's entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, that was a beautiful, Ender. I, yeah. I think we're I think we're good. Yeah, uh, that's been our two by two retro review for the month of September. We will be back very soon after a brief hiatus, so that I can go see my good buddy Tim Niles get married a second time. Not getting remarried. Just marrying the same woman for a second time. So nice, he did it twice. <laughs> so nice, he did it twice. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is the fun, quote unquote, post-COVID one. I, I don't know when we'll ever be able to actually say that that is a thing. But no, it's here to stay. No. Yeah. It's the new. Um. It's the new H1N1 flu. It's the new measles, the new mumps. Yeah, way to bring it down right here at the end. But Sorry. anyways, I'm, I'm going to go on a, a brief trip. I leave tomorrow. I'm going to get this episode up as soon as possible. Uh, so thank you for anybody who listened to it. I, I did it right up to the wire. So if it sounds a little rough around the edges, apologies in advance. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We will be back very soon with some October goodness, uh, the first week in October. What we do know for sure we're doing two two-by-two retro reviews. We're going to split those up. We're going to have an old-school one that we're going to let you guys vote on. Right. Check out the Facebook for that. We will also be doing a battle of the director's cuts between Dr. Sleep and Midsommar. We're going to break the 10-year rule. Uh, we will have a feature review of Halloween Kills from Mr. David Gordon Green uh, when that drops in a couple weeks. And we'll have, of course, the... The Brothers Blanchard on to discuss with us as well. That'll be a nice big four-man pod. Oh, yeah. Similar to what we did for Hate Team uh, a couple years ago now. Uh, so look forward to that. And if you have any suggestions for October-centric horror episodes or horror movies you'd like to hear us discuss, you can let us know. Or, or if you want to talk to us about a horror movie. Yeah. Or Between myself and Noah, we can definitely make it happen. Yeah, Gavin's got nothing but time. Maybe he can record some stuff with you while yeah. I'm uh, while I'm on sabbatical. Um, but yeah, you can hit us up thearcavie at gmail .com, on Twitter at thearcavie, on Instagram at thearcavie network, or you can search for us on Facebook. That is where you can also find Gavin to follow. That's Gavin Blanchard. You'll recognize him. He's got a shirt that says "I Heart Booty" on his profile picture. If you yes. follow him there be the easiest way to see the polls for the upcoming episodes because he can't figure out how to post from our account but we need to figure that out also apparently facebook 
has podcast feeds now and you can just drop your rss feed in there and it'll update so people can listen while they're browsing around and looking at other stuff on facebook so i will be adding us on there uh very very soon also um i will tease this again closer when it's happening but while we're doing plugs at the end um i have a i have an album coming out october 29th uh with the label Relaxation Sphere, who put out my first two EPs. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a full length out. Date's October 29th. It's called The Lossogen. We'll talk more about it later. Very looking forward to everybody being able to hear it. Um, very excited. So, stay tuned for that. Okay. I'll plug it a couple more times during October. It's not very October-centric, but I hope people enjoy it. Okay. Any Anything you want to plug or talk about? Um, please uh, spay and neuter your pets. Get vaccinated. That's all I got. All right. And remember, Noah, ain't no curses. <laughs> Maybe next month, but as of right now, oh, there ain't well, no curses. We'll talk about some curses yeah. next month. Uh, yes. So, and until next time, when we return for some October spookiness, I have been Noah, and I have been Gavin, and we've been the Blanchard Brothers. We've been. Battle it out on the gridiron. I'm going to have a day. How about that day? We never find another day. find another day. Oh, Chet Hunter.